on, come on, come on, come on, not touch. Hey, your dues, and sew your name patch on your flannel shirt. It's time for the 27 Club, the world's only podcast about the group so exclusive you have to die to get in. Hosted by Pete. It's Talkbox PJ back again. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Just like always, I have no idea what you're saying. (laughs) Talkbox, I think, is what he said. No. Okay. Oh, that was the end of the sentence. Alright. Oh, you're unplugged. Wait, how? <laughs> Are you on like a bicycle that's powering the talk box while you're using it? It's steam powered. Like that old steam washed up icy on the internet. Okay. Alright, nice. Or like, um, you could be on the. <laughs> you could be on like the uh, rocking chair from Burn After Reading. And then that's creating the energy for your talk box. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I feel insane because I'm listening very intently and still can't hear anything. It's like I have the feeling like when you're you're in a conversation and you're a little bit bored and checked out and you realize that you're hearing the words but not understanding them, except that I'm trying really hard to understand you. Sorry, Peter, I was not listening Okay, well, this time you weren't listening. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, so P- TalkBox PJ, to, are normal people's voices hard for you to understand because they aren't a TalkBox? <laughs> Never thought about this from your side. What? <laughs> so yes sounds like well talk about cj hey what are your thoughts on nirvana i've never had the opportunity to ask you this before they seem up your alley they're a little less you know guitar god like your usual guys that you like like a Jimi hendrix yeah. you know that type who who loves yeah. a talk box but well i love the album. <laughs> oh really interesting yeah. i guess of all their guitar tones the ones on Bleach are maybe the closest to a talk box? I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> Wait, so so you are doing an unplugged show right now. I mean this is apropos to our episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, with an acoustic guitar. Talkbox PJ just held up. So I'm a little confused, actually. I'm thinking about, like, your voice is always a talk box, but you're also powering the talk box. <laughs> so is the talk box, like, is it is it part of your body? Like, is this the only way you can really... T- is the guitar fused to your body? How does this work? <laughs> I'm guessing our guest can't, can't understand anything either because... I'm just waiting. He is also... Yeah, he's also just shaking his head. We do have a guest, I think, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, we do. Let's introduce it. Let's get another. I don't know that Talkbox PJ has ever been let out of the cage long enough to talk to two people at once, but we have we have Paul on the show. Welcome back, Paul. Hey, thanks, guys. And hello, your your name is Talkbox PJ. Unplugged. 
Talkbox PJ Unplugged. I want to get this clear. So are you... I can't see your face. I want to make sure you're not PJ who's normally on this show. You're a different person. Okay, got it. I just wanted to make sure. Just I Yeah, Paul, tell. you've been on the show before with PJ. I don't... Maybe you've never met Talkbox PJ, but... Sometimes Talkbox PJ breaks in to the recording. Um, he kind of, you know, if we're in person, he kicks down the door. I assume breaks he kicks in. down PJ's door, uh, muscles his way to the mic, he, gives, he like puts ripped. some chloroform over PJ's face, yeah, and then takes over for a few minutes. I just got to say, I was, I was expecting Talkbox PJ to at it's least really- be wearing underpants, but no, he is hanging brain here. Yeah, it looks Talk like Box PJ is really he has a lot in common with the naked cowboy from, <laughs> from the New York Times. Looks like Talkbox PJ. Talkbox PJ Times really Square, sat I mean. in some gum. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I love this guy. Oh, I think you might have offended Talkbox PJ. No, he was laughing. He said, "Ha ha ha." That's <laughs> I think very that funny. was a sarcastic ha ha. It's hard to tell tone with Talkbox PJ. <laughs> It's surprising because for for most guitar players, the talk box is a way to really like get more expressive with guitar. You can kind of get more range. But talk box PJ has like less emotive range than a regular human. Come again, yeah. come again, talk box PJ. I think not with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, not with me. It seems like we can yeah. each understand every other sentence. <laughs> yeah, so right. together we combined. Can do it. It's not bad, yeah. Good job. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. So, Talkbox PJ, how often do you play Unplugged? This must be not so ideal for you, or, you know, it's not your usual thing. Well, I heard his album today, okay. and I thought it was cool. Yeah. You, oh, you just listened to it today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and... Okay. And but they don't use Talkbox on this album. I guess I'm curious what inspired you. <laughs> no, I think they just use other why? guitar effects. <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. Did you say why or what? Why? <laughs> just what? But maybe why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, I don't know if I have any more questions for you. Thanks, PJ. Oh, goodbye. Hey, Bye, get out of here, PJ. PJ. Yeah, oh, okay. PJ woke up. He's shoving him out the door. That guy's ripped as shit, and he's hanging brain. Did you guys know that? I saw. It's pretty crazy. I couldn't tell for a second whether... Um, he was like leaning on a stool or, or whether those were all his three legs, but it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it turns I, out it was, yeah, it was all him, man. All natural. Also, I don't know if the guy's foreign or something. I can't understand a goddamn word he's saying. <laughs> yeah, PJ, I think that's, I think he's, I think he's foreign. He was uncircumcised, be. so that kind of points to that. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, yeah, I think I saw. No, it's hard to tell. It was dipping no, below not the that. Camera. That part's not the problem. <laughs> I trust your eyes. I'm more, I'm more curious about only foreign, quote unquote, people being uncircumcised. 
I don't know. I kind of made that up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. Well, it's like very British to not be circumcised. I don't mm, know. Interesting. Oh, it might. Don't cut me, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We never got to that with the Rolling Stones. We have no idea. Oh yeah. Yeah. Honestly, Let me Google I never knew. Quick. Yeah, is Keith Richards cut or not? John Lennon's penis. I feel like John Lennon definitely would have been. I don't know why. I just feel that way. Oh well, his penis was on the front of that album, so we could just yeah. See that's it there. why I was trying to look that up. I knew he was a nudie boy. Um, I've got safe search on, so you may never know. Mm, Melanie made you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After recent <laughs> events. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Melanie instituted parental safe search <laughs> on yeah, all of PJ's got, devices. She downloaded Covenant Eyes onto my computer. <laughs> yeah, that's rough, man. Yeah, that's really rough. You're only allowed to watch like the Christian movie cuts now. You have to order those DVDs. And, yeah. yeah, that's no And good. still none of the ones with Kevin uh, Sporbo. <laughs> Spacey? Kevin, Kevin Sorbo? Sorbo. Just mm. throwing a P in there. Kevin uh, Sporbo. She thinks he's too, uh, I lust after him too mm. much. That makes sense. Which, she's not wrong. I love hey, her. Hercules, Hercules is show. a hunk. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Well, Paul and PJ, I mean, we, we haven't talked to you yet, but welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks good for to being see here, Pete and Paul. It's good to see you, Paul. How, Paul, how the hell have you been? Well, quite frankly, you guys, I've been better. Oh, no. What's going on? Oh, well, I've got some big fucking beef to drop on you guys right now. Uh-oh. Oh, this wow. Isn't good. Does this have anything to do with your podcast co-host who rudely uh, emailed us <laughs> multiple times during the Several Rolling Several times? Studs? Yeah. Uh, actually, no. Oh, I've got okay. different beef. Oh, okay. Wait, Peter, do we have a beef uh, song yet? Or is Boy. there a song that any of them did about beef yeah, that's or a great meat question. of some sort? Paul's got some beef with us. Well, is it with us? What? Dude, I got some real beef with you guys. Uh-oh. All right. <clears throat> what Paul, is it? This is the, the most beef. aggressive a guest has ever been. Yeah. You, are you two fuckers sitting down? <laughs> Jesus. Yes. <laughs> oh, my. Well, I don't know how to handle we, this. We might have to boot him from the podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is no good. Well, so I want you guys to go imagine it's months ago when you're recording okay. an album, or not recording an album, excuse me, a podcast about a little album called tattoo you now yeah. we had already talked about me being mm. on this episode of the podcast that was yeah. all kosher remember i had the album behind me when we were talking about ultimate i remember yeah. all of this very clearly yeah yeah, yeah. anyway fast forward you, to have you not been on the podcast since then i don't think so oh okay. no. and i should have been because i know that you texted me one of you who i will name in a moment pj and said, yeah. hey, do you want to be in this episode still? And I said, yes, I would love to. And he said, great. And I gave him my availability. All was well. Then fast forward like three weeks later, PJ texts me again and says, hey, uh, I forgot to tell you that we're recording right now. Any chance that you could make it? And I was like, no, I am about to go to work. And PJ says, okay, I'm going to tell Peter that you had to take your dog to the vet or something. <laughs> and then I listened to the episode and you guys talk about how I bailed on you for the yeah, recording that's what I was you. told. This is all news to me. I've been deceived. Peter, to me, I think I think Paul's lying. This puts I this very he... partnership in jeopardy. If true. Well, Paul's lying. Oh. Um, hmm. Damn. Paul. I've got the that text that you would lie like that. Um, and I'm not like the Secret Service. I didn't delete mine. Yeah. 
the thing is, Paul, I hold all the control here because I'm going to edit this episode and I'm going to make you sound really bad. That's true. And Paul, so. I only remember what comes in the final cut. Oh, yeah, I, I don't remember that. anything that yeah that was spoken but didn't actually get into an episode. So I mean now I'll be pissed and we'll almost like stop the podcast over it. <laughs> but in about a week or two when this episode comes <clears throat> out, I'm gonna be texting you angrily like, "Why would you set me up like that? Why'd you try and break us apart? What are you trying to drive a wedge into our relationship?" Yeah, how yeah. dare you, you fucking! Snake. I want to get PJ yeah. off of here so that you can dump that hero and or dump that zero and get with this hero. <laughs> I want to be the new co-host of the 27 Club. Yeah. That's for the I last want. two episodes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Paul, first of all, look, I, it, not even knowing the truth anymore. This is so confusing. <laughs> um, but I, I can only apologize if, if I was misled in terms of <laughs> the reasons PJ's making faces that make me very much believe Paul's side of the story. Um, if you were misled and that you didn't come on the show. And I was extremely sad you didn't make it onto the Tattoo You episode because I needed someone to stand with me that Tattoo You is actually kind of good. There's some bangers on that. Yeah. I thought it was fine. That's Did we, we come out? Did we agree? All right. Yeah, we agreed yeah. on that There's one. like three really um, good songs. Yeah, I no. think that's the consensus we came to. Okay. However, Paul, I don't think your side of the story is 100% true. Oh. This is... Wow. Uh, is this a... Do we need to take this to the court of Judge Judy? God, I hope so. I think so. Yeah. Um, or at least Judge Joe Brown. Um, but I want to take mine to the people's court. Ooh, Judge Marilyn Mindew, whatever her name is. Um, Do you think Judge Reinhold would have anything to say about this? Oh, yeah. Night court with or mock, <laughs> mock trial. trial with Judge Reinhold. Yeah. Um, I, think I, I think the first part of the story is accurate, where I said... Uh, oh, yeah, I totally forgot we are recording now. However, it was during a time where I had a job every day of the week except for Sundays, and you work almost all day on Sundays. That was part of the issue. But then I don't think well, I... start work at 5 on Sundays. Just throwing that out there. Oh. Well, this was... 5 a.m.? This was... And then you work until 10 p.m.? Also, Paul, that is not going to work almost a year ago. Us. It was the Paul, same. This was almost a year ago. I don't know how much your schedule has changed. Um, but... I don't think I said, oh, I'll tell Peter that your dog is sick or some shit. You did say that. I'm going to find the fucking text. <laughs> uh, I think I just told Peter, like, oh, Paul couldn't make it. I think I just, you know, made an excuse for you, probably to it's cover possible. my own ass. <laughs> and then we roasted you on the podcast for not being there. Yeah, yeah. Is what happened. So It had been too long since I was unfairly mean to you on the show. So I thought, this yeah. is a great opportunity. He's not even here. I didn't even have to look a person in the face. <laughs> exactly yeah. and that's the easiest um to be mean to it's the easiest way to be me, mean to someone um, and the easiest way to have sex with someone agreed yeah well you do it the old amish style with a sheet in the way sheet in the way missionary only we well amish and like the patriot where we just cut little holes and then tie each other up in sheets you know it's yeah yeah by the patriot you mean uh john mccain right <laughs> sure he was super into that shit that's the only way john mccain has sex yeah yeah, well, had sex. R.I.P. Dead people can still have sex. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, you don't think he's having sex up in heaven? You oh, don't think yeah. John McCain's having sex in between doing podcasts with Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, Janis Joplin? You're right. And Jim Morrison <laughs> They're up all in heaven, podcasting and fucking in heaven. Yeah, John McCain is such. He is so in heaven that he can move in between the heavens. That's how much yeah. of a patriot he was. 
Uh, God bless him. Beautiful. Bless him. Uh, well, I've got. Did you find books. those? Did are you reading the receipts? <laughs> no, I I can't find the text. Wow, a lot of talk. Oh, That's a oh, lot shit. of talk. <laughs> anyway, here's here's my beef. So, last week I decided to go on a run as sure. I like to do, and I plug in my headphones into my iPod telephone, and I put on one of yeah. my favorite podcasts with some of my favorite friends, mm-hmm. and I see that my other good friend Jake is on this episode of the Twenty Seven Club. That's exciting. So I listen to it, and what do I hear? I hear all my good friends are talking about who the worst guest on this podcast is, and apparently it's me. Me! I tell you what, I almost took my iPod telephone out and threw it on the ground in disgust right then and there. Did we say that? <laughs> we did. I remember that. <laughs> it was in the final cut, so I remember it. Yeah, yeah at some I point we made that. a joke about Jake being the worst guest, and then we're like, no, no, no it's Paul. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that was pretty early on. I do recall that. Yeah. yeah. Well, Paul, look, I can only say, wow, PJ just chugged a beer. Um, PJ's actually, he's in, he's, he's shotgun too since we started. Um, Paul, I can only Feeling say good. that, um, do better. <laughs> My headphones were unplugged. I didn't hear a single word that you said. I'm so Oh, he sorry. turned his headphones way down. <laughs> That was so, I really thought you were legitimately kind of mad at at my joke because you just didn't say anything and then came back up with a completely straight face. No, I'm trying to fix my headphones and I tried to re-plug them in, but I just, so I didn't hear what you said. (laughs) Well, that's okay. All right, well, let's get into the show. Paul, thanks for coming. Uh, So this week we're talking about Nirvana Unplugged. Um, And... Before we get into that, uh, let's do a little, a little something we call Roadhouse Cruise. All right, Roadhouse Brews. PJ, what are, what are you drinking at this Roadhouse? I've got one that we've never had on the show before. Ooh, <clears throat> brand new brew. It is Hazer Tag Hazy IPA from Odell Brewing Company out of uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. Wow. Um, I've never had it. I saw it at the liquor store, and I thought, wow, I've never had that. Uh, I'm going to get it. Here's a can. There's a little spaceman on it. I think he's playing laser tag. That would be. That would make sense. Yeah, because spacemen love lasers. Nice. Um, let me let me take a sip, and I'll oh, give you my first reactions. Oh, you haven't had it yet. All right. No, 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 no. First sip. First drink. Ooh, exciting. Yeah, it's quite good. Does it taste like you've been lazed in the mouth? Yeah. It feels like, um, you know, those snipers that have lasers on them? Oh, yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, it doesn't Absolutely. feel like that. I saw it, that it, episode of Breaking Bad. Right, yeah. It doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like those green lasers that pop through balloons that I used to see on the infomercial TV uh, things. What infomercial is that? Um, It's the one for lasers, Pete. Oh, okay. You fucking idiot. I don't remember the infomercial for lasers. By infomercial, I meant cool YouTube videos. Oh, okay. Gotcha. um, No, it's actually like a really not hoppy, hazy IPA, which is kind of strange. Dang. Well, Paul... Sometimes they really lean into that fruity, citrusy side. Yeah. Yeah, Paul, you know a thing or two about that. But... They have this at the place you work, I think. 
Sometimes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Paul, what's the beer from the furthest away that your work has ever carried? Oh. Uh, and we should say, Paul works at a daycare where they mm-hmm. uh, give kids beer. So Yeah. It's the new hipster trend. We got beers from, like, uh, Europe and stuff, which is pretty common, you know, like a German Pilsner and stuff. Wow. Across the pond. Now, Paul, is that anything like a chocolate bar from Europe? Because I've had a chocolate bar from Europe made by the Rolling Stones, and it was not very good. It's, it just sounds like Mick Jagger needs to go to confectionery school. Mm. You're guessing the lack of training for, is what so. made that Rolling Stone chocolate bar pretty pretty bad. Interesting. All right. Anyway, what are you drinking, Paul? Um, I don't know if this is allowed in uh, Roadhouse Brews, but I'm actually drinking wine tonight. We'll Stop the it. podcast. Stop. Oh, okay. Split. I'm currently drinking Split the Populous Reverse, which is a chilled red. Wow. A chilled well, red wine. Well, does it isn't come it up to chilled? you whether or not it's yeah, tri- chilled? Yeah. Well, it's, it's designed to be chilled, like, like put in the fridge. Is it one of those like weird nitrous juicy. bottles where you like pull something on the top and then it somehow it like flash freezes the bottle? Just got a regular cork in the top. Yeah, it's brewed at the Guinness factory. Hmm. And now are you going to drink that whole bottle by the time we're done tonight? And have you ever done that on a podcast? You, drink a whole no, bottle I of wine. I hope not. It's funny you should ask, PJ, because I have drank a whole bottle of wine on a podcast before. Ah. And uh, I got real drunk, and I threw up right after I recorded Mm -hmm. the podcast. I did the same thing. And was it chilled or... um... Oh, that one was not. That one was a much Mm, cheaper red. Not that this one is expensive, but I I got a discount at work. Oh, it's only like 80, 90 bucks a bottle? Only like 300 or so. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, so you like, you know, mid, low, low, mid tier. Gotcha. Yes, exactly. Cool, cool, cool. Nice. I'm still in touch with the company, yeah, I mean, so don't say that I'm not. Who's not? I mean, it's it's what it's like fifty buck Chuck now, right? In Joe so, Biden's yeah. America, it's okay. fifty buck Chuck. Price of gas, price of Chuck. It's no good. Pete, no good. what are you drinking? Uh, all right. Well, I am speaking of German beers. I am drinking a. It is a collaboration between a German brewery called. Uh, what is it called? Bitburger. And a Oregon brewery called Deschutes. Oh. It is a dry hopped Zwickel. Oh, do, I've had that one. Do it's they good. serve that it's at your very, favorite very place good. to go get German beers in town? You know what? You know what, PJ? They did for a very long time. Their keg recently, or I don't know how many kegs they had, but they recently took it off the menu. And then, speaking of Trader Joe's, I was at Trader Joe's last week and they had it in cans. And I thought I should grab that because it was very good. Huh. So, Yeah, and what's that place you like to hang out at? Prost. And yeah, and what times can you usually find you there? Mm, Every yeah. weeknight? Usually like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mon- Did I say Monday? Um, No. Monday. Okay, yeah. so Monday and then, yeah, and then Tuesday. Um, Usually from like... Is that the place that said uh, 4732 Mississippi Avenue? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I take my mail there. They have a stein where they'll put yeah. mail in for me and then and then hand it to me. Um, sometimes they forget and fill it with beer first. It's real, it's awkward. And then I have to read some soggy letters. He's got to pay a lot of taxes now. Uh, yeah. Better than getting dead flowers in the mail. Am I right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. Uh, from like two, like one or 2 PM to like one or 2 AM. Yeah. Usually I'm there. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I usually take all my afternoon meetings there and then I just kind of hole up in the corner with my laptop. And like we were talking about uh, during our break, uh, just, you know, watch a few episodes of Seinfeld or something on the laptop yeah. and 
Sometimes I'll bring a little grill, like a George Foreman grill, make a hamburger, something like yeah. that. Yeah, well, you got to keep a German. Hamburger, you know, they're from Hamburg. Yeah. It makes sense. Should be on the menu. I keep fighting with them because they won't put hamburgers on the menu. Those bastards. And, <laughs> and they're like, no, we really only serve, like, bratwurst and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, yeah. So that's okay, though. I'm, I'm trying to convince them. We'll see. You know what part of that bit really got me? Is you taking a meeting. <laughs> yeah. I don't Do know you want to know? Really cracked me. <laughs> as someone who works remote, I now, um, I now kind of notice, I guess, when I'm out in public and see people like doing work remotely, because you can do that. And the weirdest thing I have seen so far is on a few weeks ago, um, I had like a random half day, and I was in a mall here near po- foggy old Portland town, and in the mall food court, which it's a mall. There's music playing. It's large. It's tile and concrete and super echoey and loud because there's a ton of people walking around yeah. talking. And those Stranger music Things playing. kids are always running there's around. everything. Exactly, PJ. There's a guy on his laptop in the middle of the food court on video taking like a Zoom meeting. And I, I don't understand how anyone could have heard him or could not have realized that he is in like the most loud public place he could basically be to take a work meeting it was really weird and at the food court not one of the benches that's like outside the route 21 not one of the benches not like a coffee shop in the food court that might be slightly quieter just like even if his internet was out at home and that was the closest place he knew with free internet he went to the loudest possible spot Mm. in that mall i guess he just really wanted those wetzel's pretzels (laughs) yeah he was stuffing his face so it must have been it wetzel's pretzels and it one of those giant lemonades so oh well all right, well, that has been Roadhouse Brews. So, Paul, uh, something we didn't get to at the top of the episode. What the fuck is your deal, man? Um, what's your problem? Uh, uh, with <laughs> yeah, we forgot. That's I always... I told you about that one. That's oh, true. sorry, sorry. Let we me rephrase. We got two problems. What? Oh, yeah, you're not drinking wine. You, you are whining. <laughs> <laughs> um... What is your relationship with the 27 Club? Um, actually, so we know your opinions on the Beach Boys because you were on that podcast. We know your opinion on the Rolling Stones. You are on that podcast. Tell us your opinions about the 27 Club. Preferably go through each artist and tell us your opinion of each. And then we'll get to Nirvana. All right. Well, who's the first one? Uh, Robert Johnson? Yeah, good old little Robbie. What was his name? Robert Johnson. No, what was the weird nickname they gave him? Mm, Little Robert Dusty. Little Robert Dusty. That's his. That was his nickname growing up. All I really know is that he sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads, which I think I learned about in college in history of rock and roll with you, PJ. Yeah, I was there. Um, but I I don't listen to blues that much. I, I I don't dislike it, but it's just not really my thing. Um. So yeah, that's what I think about Robert Johnson. Then then who is it? Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix is the next one. I liked Jimi Hendrix, and honestly, I probably first heard him in middle school uh, when I watched Wayne's World, you know, because mm. they play the song Foxy when Garth sees that lady he likes. Foxy lady. Yeah, yeah, Foxy lady. Uh, Paul, quick quiz to see if you actually even know who this guy is, but uh, what hand does he play guitar with? He plays it with his dominant hand, Peter. Trick question, both, both hands. hands. Everyone Paul. has to play guitar with two hands unless they're... One of those guitar players who can play with one hand, but I don't know. Or those buskers that play with their feet because they don't got no arms. Billy Elliot, I guess. 
Um, no, he just slapped it a bunch, right? Yeah. What was that fucking movie? August Rush. <laughs> Thank you. Goddamn. Billy Elliot. I huh? Also, I cannot believe that you actually knew the movie I was talking about. Okay. All right, next one then, Paul. Uh, who was the next one? Is it uh, Chris Bell's the next most famous one? No, sure. no, no, no. Janice Joplin. Oh yeah, Janice Joplin. I have a picture of me with her wax figure at Madame Tussauds. Oh yeah. Oh, whoo! Until those last two words, I was real confused. Uh, I'm not anti Janice Joplin, but I never really listened. Your auntie to was her Janice stuff. Joplin. Hmm. Huh. I don't wild. know the music, but I I'm yeah. not anti though. All right. Let's go to the doors. Um, I tried to get into the doors before you guys covered it, and uh, it's it, so it's not my thing. But I mean, like, I also I'm not gonna like turn it off if it comes on the radio, or like if someone else wanted to listen to it, you know? Okay. So, and then the next one, Amy Winehouse. Um, I I don't know Amy Winehouse yeah. super well, but anytime someone tells me like, oh, this is an Amy Winehouse song, I'm like, oh, well, this song is fucking rules. All right, what yeah. about... And then other times you're like, oh, wait, but is this Duffy? Yeah. And then we bring ourselves to Kirk Cobain. Yeah, what's your yeah, what's your deal with Kirk? I, I actually like Nirvana. What? Wait, more or less than Tattoo You? Well, I, I like it more than I like Tattoo You. And if Paul, I'm what? being frank. Jesus. Well, if you're being we frank, this conversation be before Paul? we started recording. Um... Paul, now, do you only relate to Kurt Cobain and like him because you are a blonde gentleman? Mm. You're also a blonde person from yeah. Seattle. Also, and Jake thinks I'm handsome. Yeah. Wait, so it's you, Macklemore, and Kirk are the are the Seattle yeah. Triangle they call him. Right. Hey, hey, hey! Don't don't become friends with Dave Grohl. Yeah, it's dangerous. Macklemore's currently flying around the world in the opposite direction of Dave Grohl's private yeah, jet. Yeah, which they're is just smart. Doing, they're just doing circles, yeah. and then sometimes they turn around and like go at the other one, and then the other one has to turn around. It's no good. Taylor Swift is pissed. She can't fly anywhere. So is he chasing Macklemore like some sort of blonde Carmen San Diego, Carmen Blanco? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Dave Grohl's just looking for blonde friends who can die yeah. mysteriously. Huh, I just got a text from this guy, David, who wants to take me out for beers. And he's buying. Seems like a good oh, deal, huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, what? You add up the cost of six beers, that's like $900 right there. So, like, you're really making almost 2 k off that. Which is my yeah. favorite video game, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which one? 2K? Yeah, which 2K? Uh, you know, the one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you got, like, you got NBA, you got NHL, you got, like, PGA Tour. Yeah, yeah. you do. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I forgot. You're right. I forgot that they released the most recent 2K22 as a package. That's just every sport. It's like Wii Sports, but... Yeah, it's really fun. With all the license, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also right. on the Wii, and I bought it in 2005, so... Yeah. Wait, so, Paul, I feel like y you got sidetracked a little bit there, um... By You're who? a fan of Nirvana? Um, I kind of want to sidetrack a little bit before Nirvana. Huh. Yeah, sure. Good the thing. whole podcast is sidetracks. Yeah. You guys know you've been talking a lot about Weird Al and the 27 Club. Y yeah. Mm, yeah, we should have started with this because you are the Weird Al instigator. And I, I am a huge Weird Al mm -hmm. fan. He was mm -hmm. like the first musician I ever really got into. That's an incredible 
That's an incredible first artist. Uh, similarly to Jake, uh, this is what led me to Nirvana. Mm-hmm. All roads lead to so, Nirvana. Um, hey. Well, I, I, I also want to say that I didn't know, I did know that Weird Al did parodies. Contrary to what was said last week, um, I knew that they were song parodies, but I hadn't always heard the original songs that he was parodying. Yeah, you loved Yoda. Anyway, anyway you, you guys were talking about about that last week. Oh, also, I, I was thinking this morning, did you guys ever have a teacher who would let you bring a CD into class and let you play it while you did work? Yes, Paul, and mm. the CD, the first CD anyone ever brought was a Weird Al CD. Really? For the first teacher that did that, yeah. Wow. Do you remember what the album was? Is Canadian Idiot an album on its own? No, that's straight out it, of Linwood. Then it was straight out of Linwood. And my friend just put uh, uh, Canadian Idiot on uh, repeat. A real John Mulaney. Which was a bit he had done. So this was sixth grade that he brought this Weird Al CD in. But, but this was a bit he had done in fifth grade where the teacher would put on a Billy Joel CD because she only had two CDs. It was uh, the Peanuts Sing the Beatles, <laughs> yeah. which was uh, a hilarious CD that somebody had bought for my teacher because she really liked the Beatles and Snoopy. That's a Billy Joel album? But, and then the other one was whatever Billy Joel album has, We Didn't Start the Fire. Scenes and from so an Italian would... restaurant. Oh, yeah. I thought that Billy Joel had an album called The Peanuts Presents the Beatles. No, this was it sounds uh, like him, literal Peanuts. Yeah, this was Peanuts characters that sang Beatles songs. Um, she put it on. That's like something you would be into. Not gonna lie. Fuck you, Paul. You like peanuts and the Beatles. Yeah, I love cocktail peanuts. How are they supposed to sing anyway? But he would. So she would put on uh, scenes from an Italian restaurant, and then whenever we didn't start the fire co- would come on. Before it ended, he would like sneak over to the CD player and uh, press the back button so that it would just replay the same song over and over again. And he would do it every time until she noticed, and very rarely did she notice. Wow. Um, and it was a good bit. And so he did the same thing with Canadian Idiot, except he learned how to turn on the repeat function on the CD player. That's what middle school teaches you. Exactly. Anyway, sorry, Paul. The only time that anyone has ever used the repeat function on a CD player. True. Well, I did that. I brought in Weird Al's Greatest Hits Volume 2, and I remember the teacher was very specific. He said that there can't be anything explicit about this music. And there was some lyric on track 2 that was like... Uh, the time that you made it with the entire <laughs> hockey team. Wow. And I got worried Debbie and I said, uh, you got to skip track two. And he said, look, I'm not going to play DJ over here. If we can't play one of these songs, we're not going to listen to any of them. Sounds like a cool guy. Um, so I don't really know why he bothered <laughs> yeah, to let us bring the CDs chill. in. But long story short, he really uh, loved the song Jurassic Park. I've seen the movie. Is it on the soundtrack? Is it like, is it over the end credits? Or Yeah, the movie is actually based on the Weird Al song. A lot of people think it's about a book, but it's not. There's a movie called Weird Al's Jurassic Park? Yeah. He put that song on repeat, though. He loved it and that makes asked if he could burn the CD. And I said, right. uh, yeah. That's how wow, a funny. teacher encouraging illegal activity. So strange. anyway, similarly to Jake. Oh, sorry, PJ, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, um, my favorite story about you and Weird Al, this, I sounded like a real radio fucking host right then. Um, my favorite story about you and Weird Al is uh, when your mother's friend said, oh, if Paul likes Weird Al, he'll love The Apologetics. And Peter, are you familiar with The Apologetics? I, I feel like they've come up on the show before, but no, I'm not familiar with The Apologetics. They are a Christian parody band. Let me play one of their sure. biggest hits real quick. Are they acapella only? Because... No. Okay. Do 
wow. Has got a growing son. She fucked God. Jesus dear. That's true. You know it's not the little boy that he used to be. The sun's growing up now. Wait a minute, you see. Jesus is anyway, So that's weird out, right? I got you. Yeah. That's a weird yeah, okay. Weird Al's That's the, the Jurassic song Park song by Weird Al. Nice. Uh, I mean, I see why your teacher liked it so much. Anyway, Paul, Nirvana. Anyway, I, I listened to the Weird Al song, Smells Like Nirvana, and I was like, not only does this song tickle my funny bone, but these riffs are cool as hell. And then I heard actual Nirvana, and I was like, oh, this song rules, but not in a funny way. Now this, this rocks. <laughs> Sorry if I sound insane. My microphone is still driving me crazy. Mmm. I thought it was because every time you talk, we interrupt you. That's fine. <laughs> it could be honestly. that, too. <laughs> I know you guys. That's right. You sound like my wife. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> I know how you operate. It's a really like attractive thing for your partner to tell you that they know how you operate. <laughs> she thinks you feel really close like and connected. Paul, I'm curious. Did you get into any other artists through the Weird Al parody songs? That's a great question. I haven't thought about that as much. Or was it just the musicality, the strong power chord riffs of Smells Like Teen Spirit? Well, now that Michael Jackson is canceled, I feel like all of um, Weird Al's Michael Jackson parodies are what should be played at a wedding. That's true. They just need to play those songs now. That's That's interesting. Oh, you know, another band that I learned about like that was the Presidents of the United States of America. Oh, yeah? Hmm. Weird Al has a parody of their song Lump. Um, his was Gump. Although I hadn't seen the the movie Forrest Gump, so I, no. I just thought it was a weird song about a dumb guy. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if Weird Al was one of those guys who's like against cancel culture? <laughs> weird Al comes out with the fuck cancel culture guitar on his next tour. Yeah. <laughs> he borrows yeah. the guitar from the disturbed guy. And it'd yeah, be in the Pepsi font that. instead. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Weird Al. Someone tweeted Weird Al. This is great. He's going to love this. I think it's very funny that Mr. Bean is against cancel culture. As if he's done anything that could get him canceled. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. He, he has literally said that jokes are meant to offend somebody. That's what makes them jokes. That's a real quote from Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, and I'm deeply offended by Mr. Bean. Well, I never forgave him after, like, he spoke that one time, and I was like, that's not what you're about, Bean. You're silent. <laughs> you're a silent star, my man. Where's the miming? Yeah, he gave up his entire... Every time I see that, I think, that's disgusting. Um, He's got no morals, really. Yeah. Uh, speaking, of, uh, speaking of someone who makes perfect sense to not be okay with that or is just it's very also funny watching through Seinfeld and seeing 
w- knowing who Jerry Seinfeld is now and seeing him acting like that in Seinfeld and being like, oh, yeah, okay. He's been like that for a while. Uh, anyway. Um, anyway. Nirvana. What made you get more specifically more into them? Yeah, I think I was watching a documentary show about, I don't know if it was specifically about Nirvana or maybe just music from the 90s. But I remember thinking, this band seems cool. So I was at Target and I saw um, and bought a compilation album of theirs, which it might have been like a greatest hits album or something, but it's it's just called Nirvana. And I, I really liked it. It's got a bunch of songs from Nevermind and Utero, Bleach and MTV Unplugged. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I had never really done like deep dives into bands until, you know, like later in life until I got into college, unless, unless it was a band that I like really, really yeah. liked at the time. Um, so for a while, I, I pretty much only knew their hits. But a, as a young high schooler, Kurt Cobain seemed like a weird dude who was like, he was like cool and he was pro-gay and he was a feminist. And that I just, I thought that was really cool at the yeah. time. I still think it's cool. He was a professional gay? The only professional gays I know are those guys from Queer Eye. And Navy men, of course. Oh, fuck. I know they're gonna be so mad. All we our military friends, military following. and Tom then those jarheads. Am I right, dude? Okay. When I heard that, um, I was so pissed. So the track listing for that best of is really strange, actually. Um, so the first song is is a previously unreleased track, which kind of makes sense, but weird to make it the first song. You know, you're right. And then the second song is about a girl, but the version from Bleach, not the version from Unplugged, which, Paul, you're right. There are Unplugged songs on this album, but I always thought the Unplugged version of About a Girl was, like, the popular version of that song. So, all right. I I like Bleach, but I I think that's in part because of how, like, punk it is. And I, I I like a lot of punk music. Um, and you know, kind of that whole like lo-fi fast and like, kind of like screechy vibe. Like that's, that's kind of my jam or it, at least it was my jam when I first heard that album when I was younger. And I, I think I can still appreciate bleach in that, in that vein. Yeah. sounds like shit. The Mm -hmm. music's bad, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) So we have about a girl, Ben, a son is the third track, which is, like not a rarity exactly, but it was just on one of their like hmm. compilation albums. Is, is this the, the album that's just called Nirvana? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then Sliver, again, just a single that was big, but not. Well, massive, it was on that little for them. EP thing that they put. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Smells Like Teen Spirit is track five. Come as you are, Lithium in Bloom, Heart Shaped Box, Penny Royalty. So all the hits, uh, Rape Me, Dumb, All Apologies from unplugged what okay and then the man who sold the world from unplugged which is a weird i mean it's a great cover but again just like yeah for a a 14 track best of that is a very weird it's kind of strange yeah i guess it kind of makes sense that like nevermind is almost just a best of by itself so i guess i see why they lean towards maybe some like rarities or i don't know some other songs yeah, I, I used to listen to them a lot like around the house and uh, I was too young to really understand some of like what their lyrics were, were talking about. Yeah. Um, like I remember one time my dad heard me listening to the song Rate Me sure. on my CD player and uh, he was like, I don't think these guys should be singing about this and joking about it. And I, I was like, well, I, I don't think he is joking about it. Uh, but at the time I couldn't, 
I didn't really understand the song and I couldn't really articulate what I thought about it. And so, yeah, we just didn't, I just didn't listen to that song, especially when my dad wasn't around. So he doesn't get it. Yeah. He didn't get it. Yeah. No. That's their whole thing, man, is that parents just don't understand. It's my favorite yes. Nirvana song. Parents just don't understand. Well, speaking of good best of, best, best ofs, I tried to do, <laughs> I tried to do the thing where I pluralized the first word. Um, speaking, yeah, speaking of good best ofs, uh, I took Jake's recommendation from our last episode and listened to live at Reading a little bit, uh, between recordings here and Jake, if you're listening, you are absolutely right. That is probably the best. I, I haven't listened to this, uh, Nirvana best of, but this is probably the best Nirvana album that I've heard at least so far. Live at Reading is crazy good. Did Um, they play the song Molly's lips on that? Because that's a fucking great uh, song. Let me double check. If they do, I don't remember. I think that's where that's from. Because Paul and I used to play that song when we were in a band together. Um, and I had never heard it, really. It's, it's um, a Vaseline It's by song. the Vaselines. Yeah. No, that's on Incesticide. They love the Vaselines. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think they do any covers, actually, on this song, on this album. Yeah, that was the song that Paul and I. So usually in the band, I would uh, sing and do guitar, and Paul would sing and do drums. And that was one where we switched, where I would do drums and Paul would do guitar. It's very easy to play. Um, PJ, I was gonna say just for our and some of our listeners' edification, one of the things that is best about Live at Reading. Well, there's two things that basically solve a lot of our Nirvana problems, which is why I'm saying I think it's the best Nirvana album. Um, first of all, you can hear the bass the entire time. It's really, really cranked up. And Chris... Is he good? I, I don't know if he's playing different bass lines than on the album, but he is crushing it. He's playing really, really... Like, every song, I'm kind of impressed by the bass, whereas every song on from the studio recording. Maybe he's just really shy the in the studio... But he's like Maybe, live. Yeah. He just takes that energy and yeah, exactly. So and then the other thing is that all of the Bleach songs they play sound incredible because they just sound like all their other songs because mm-hmm. you know they're just playing it live. So I was gonna see uh, we should play at least one of the the Bleach songs here because it's really really good. Probably Blue is the best. Wow, that brand- bass is cranked. And plus, we have Dave Grohl playing the Bleach songs now. Yeah. Bleach is such a weird album because to me, this could like musically could be like a White Zombie song. Yeah. I also kind of feel like though, in you know this album where they're basically just all the songs sound the same production-wise, again because it's live. It also totally sounds like something that just could be on In Utero. Yeah. Without the weird production of Bleach that makes all those songs sound like a different band almost. And without him singing so weirdly on all of Bleach. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend. We obviously aren't going to do an episode on it, but I would recommend anyone who's been similarly kind of sour on Bleach and Chris Novoselic's. Uh, sorry, excuse me, Chris Christopherson's playing. Um, to check out Live at Reading because it's 
really good. I will say so. the drums sound really good. Yeah. Also, uh, if you go to YouTube and watch the actual videos, they're all in like full HD and look incredible for it being a show from 1992 or three or something. Um, hmm. The video is really, really good. So that's pretty fun too. Plus you can see Kirk's handsome face really clearly. That is a perfect segue to our next segment, Nirvana. Fujiwana. All right. Well, I don't know that anyone's going to be coming right now, but um, we're going to play a little round of Nirvana. Who'd you want to? So I dropped a couple of links in our chat here with uh, two photos. We can either look at both or uh, just choose one. I couldn't decide. They were both good in their own way. Um, But of Nirvana, the the band, uh, not the concept, (laughs) not the religious belief. Um, so the first one, let's say the first one is the one with Chris Christopherson in a blazer. Okay, the the studio photo. Yeah, exactly, the studio cut, uh, and then we have a live cut later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's funny that you got this from Tumblr. Both. Uh, of them. Yeah, they're both from the same Tumblr account, which we will not plug. Uh, mostly because I every time I find a link to a Tumblr post, I'm surprised Tumblr still exists. Yeah. Um. They really went downhill since they got rid of all the porn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to guess when I was last on Tumblr? Um, okay, so. The night they took the porn off Tumblr. Yeah, exactly. The night, oh man, my favorite, the band song. Um, <laughs> so we have the Nirvana boys uh, all seated in front of, I mean, I guess it's kind of funny. I feel like it's probably very purposeful. Uh, it's like a studio thing, except they're just sitting on a block of concrete, and then the yeah. instead of like a curtainy backdrop, it kind of looks like it kind of looks almost like a like a moving blanket or something hanging behind them, like a weird wool, kind of speckled gray blanket. Um, yeah. But we have all three of them sitting here. Christ is in the is in the forefront. I really got it. He's sitting further up than. Well, that's up. just because he takes up most of the picture. That's true. He giant. is the biggest. Yeah, he's the tall. He might actually. Yeah, you're right. He might be at the exact same. Even level sitting Kurt. down, you can feels. tell how much bigger he is than those other two guys. Yeah, so he's in a nice. Oh, look, it's it's the '90s. They're all in a pair of stonewashed blue jeans, folks. Hell yeah. There's no other. There's nothing else to wear, and uh, he's wearing a cool looking t-shirt and a blazer over it. And uh, has kind of a, you know, he kind of gives off a um, um, a Cameron vibe from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I could see photo. that, for sure. Oh, yeah. I, he's kind of got that similar too. haircut. He's got an inquis- inquisitive look on his face like he's thinking of kicking his father's convertible out of the garage. <laughs> um, yeah, I th- the blazer's nice. It is a really cool blazer, I got to say. It's a it's a nice brown check, and I will say Chris Novoselic. That is a, he's got a nice build. I mean, he's a tall guy, but like, yeah. Well, you know, if he's tall, he's got a he's got a little something in common with Talkbox PJ, if you know what I mean. Um, he's hanging brain. Oh, okay. Thanks, Paul. Yep. Yeah, he. I mean, he looks good in this picture. Yeah, I will say I have never once considered even looking at pictures of him. Uh, I've never even considered how Chris Novoselic looked. 
Yeah. Uh, but actually looking at his face for the first time in my life, he, uh, he's a handsome he young looks man. All right. Yeah. It's, I, there is a shadow that almost makes it look like he has a neck beard happening. Kind of maybe got a Lincoln going on. Which, not to yeah. jump ahead to the next photo. Yeah. Yeah, not to jump ahead to the next photo, but the next photo he definitely has some sort of neck beard happening. So if that's true in this photo, I'm going to have to say it's a hard no. Yeah. But if he's clean shaven in this oh, photo, no, then... Oh, no, no, no. I zoomed in. That's a neck beard. I'm going to say no. On the blazer photo? On the blazer photo. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Chris. That's an automatic disqualification for me, even though everything else I'm really... I I honestly want every piece of clothing he's wearing and kind of that haircut. If you do look good. at it as a shadow, it's great. But knowing it's a Lincoln beard... <laughs> it's not even a Lincoln beard, though, because it's not... It's, it's worse. So, it's not on his face It's at so all. far underneath the jawline. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Well, I think he's got those sick DSLs, those dick-sucking lips. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, hey, look, I don't know that they compare to Dave those Grohl's. of Dave Grohl's. DSLs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to Mr. Dave Grohl himself. Well, Dave Grohl's got that tight-lipped expression. He's not letting anyone in there. Mm-hmm. No, nah, dude, he looks like a blow-up doll. I'm into it. Yeah, you're not wrong, Paul. Uh, uh, the the kind of look I was mentioning on Chris's face, his his lips are slightly parted, and you're right that it just looks like anything could slide in there at any moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Dave's in the back. He looks like he's standing up or maybe kneeling <laughs> behind whatever they're sitting on. I think he's standing. Yeah. Uh, but no, Kirk Cobain. I don't is think he's that little because then he'd he be is. Chris' height. Yeah. While standing, unless he's below them somehow in the photo, because they're all or like his head's at the same height. I will say Dave Grohl looks a lot better with a beard. Yes, here's my thing about Dave Grohl. There is like two years where he has a good I haircut, and good. not during Nirvana. This is Foo Fighters years, where he's got a good haircut and he's got a full beard, and he looked really good then. Yeah. And now he's rocking like a goatee. It looks awful. I am going to head, go ahead and disagree with both of you i think dave grohl is far more attractive both as a young man and as a clean shaven man i i find dave grohl's whole look beard on so like from what 1996 or something on i i don't like his look really at all but i think he's a very attractive young man i'm gonna disagree with you in this picture but that's all right um so yeah and then up at the front we have kurt cobain himself that hair it looks dyed to me in this photo just because his roots are so dark. But I know he's just a he's just a dishwater blonde, right? Um, his his beard is blonde enough that it, there's no way he's dying that. But it's I, I guess I never really looked carefully enough at his hair to see how I think dark that's just kind of what his roots, hair so. looks like. I think it just gets the blonder yeah. the longer it is. Yeah. yeah, he does have possibly the most striking blue eyes I've I've ever really seen. I know Frank Sinatra eat your heart out. It's pretty incredible. Um, so yeah, he has an empty bottle of, I assume like Snapple or something, but they had to tear the label off (laughs) for the photo. Um, I was thinking it was a Miller High Life bottle. Oh, maybe that's possible. So, and then he's wearing one of his signature flannel shirt on. Uh, and yeah, I mean, look, Kirk five, five o'clock shadow. He's got that long hair, those blue eyes. I think easily for me, Kirk takes the cake in this photo. Yeah. By yeah. far, who I would wanna. I'd wanna. And he in this photo is the only one I'd want. The other two can, yeah, fuck off. I mean, 
Sans Neckbeard, I actually do think yes. this is the most attractive group we have ever talked about on this show. I would agree. If if there's like no all, all three of them have at least something going for them. Yeah. Paul, what do you think? I'm still not entirely convinced that's a neckbeard. It is. If you like pull up the image in a different tab, not on the like Tumblr, but pull up the image and then zoom in, you can tell it's hairs and not not a shadow. I'm PJ not... knows how to zoom in and confirm that there's hair on someone's body. Yeah. Look, enhance. <laughs> enhance. Zoom. Enhance. If if you guys are right and it's not and it is a neckbeard, then it's a no. But uh if it is a neckbeard, then it's a yes for Chris. But um, if it is a neckbeard, I'm going to go with Kurt. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good consensus. Shall we move right. to the next picture? Let's move to, yeah, the the boys at home. Uh, they're all leaning against a vehicle of some kind. I think uh, it's a Ford Thunderbird. Okay. Thank you. Our, re- our resident car guy, PJ. Hey, PJ, what if I, when I change gears and it's grinding, am I doing something wrong? Car talk. Okay. Uh, no, that just means it's working. Nice. So, uh, I, almost all still wearing jeans. Dave Grohl swapped out, uh, for shorts and what looks to be a pair of long johns. <laughs> um, it must be cold in Seattle. Yeah. Some pretty cool, like weird vintage, uh, uh, thrifting from Dave Grohl. He's got like an insane gigantic pleated pair of shorts. Uh, he's dressed yeah, kind of like weird... our friend Riley. I agree. Yeah, the weird tights, and then like a a button up Oxford shirt with looks like another Henley underneath. However, Dave Grohl looks a lot better in this photo than he does in the other one. I don't know if it's the scowl or what. Yeah, that's true. His lips—they were so bright red in the other one. It was really weird. Yeah. He looks Chap like lips that. that day. Yeah, and maybe his hair is different a little bit or something. Maybe it's yeah. just a better angle for him. But he looks infinitely better in this photo. I think. I agree. I guess I will say I maybe cheated a little bit. I saw this photo, went back to the other photo, and was like, nah, I would fuck Dave Grohl. (laughs) Because this photo, he is extremely attractive to me. So, and then we. Moving hmm. on to Kurt, it's the opposite, where I think he looks much worse in this picture. I agree. So his outfit is less interesting. He just kind of has a wrinkly button-up shirt. Not even one of his signature flannels. No. Um, Some Converse, some baggy jeans, you know, his usual thing. Uh, And you can't really see his beautiful blue eyes because he's further away and he has his brow furrowed. But I will say this facial expression that Kirk is making is... It's a bad... It's it's doing it for me. Really? He could... He could make that kind of plaintive, pouty-looking face at me all he wants. He looks like a dog who just did something bad, and he's looking up at you like... Yeah, that's what you want in a sexual partner, PJ. (laughs) Hey, Paul, I don't mean to insult you because I just called him weird in this picture. You kind of look like Kurt Cobain. It's because I've got that blonde hair. You got the chin. Oh, yeah. Not in this picture, but like in general. You definitely have the chin. The chin and and the... And the blonde, yeah. Chin, the hair, the eyes, I think. You got it going on. Man, we could recreate this photo pretty easily. That's what I was going to say. So, and Chris now, he he is wearing a lame outfit. Um, he's not hey, wearing cool clothes anymore. fuck you. I'm dressed so, exactly the same as Chris Novoselic in this picture. Okay. Well, I was going to say, he doesn't have a cool outfit to lean on, and the neck beard is much more pronounced, and so now he kind of just looks like... And what's going on with his shoes? It's like he's wearing, like, dress shoes, but with normal He's wearing, clothes. I think they're Doc Martens. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So he's rocking docks with jeans, which, 
you know, good for him, but he kind of just looks like that guy at work who you don't like that much. To yeah. Me. Who like always smells a little bit, but you're like, I think he showers. I don't know. But so yeah, I think in this picture for me, Dave definitely takes it. But like I said, that face Kirk is making is. Um, I'm gonna say, Dave takes the cake. It. The the rest of them, I don't wanna. See, for me, it looks like Dave is trying to make that expression, like the same expression, like like a middle school boy would make. Yeah. Like yeah. he doesn't even want to be in the picture, and his friends are like, "Well, we'll that... be in the picture." So who'd you want up, Paul? Who'd you want in this picture? It's got to be Kurt, right? Okay. Just sure. got Lincoln in the background. Kurt's up there with that hangdog expression. Yeah. Even though he doesn't own an iron? I know exactly how he feels, baby. We're two peas in a pod. Also, I don't know if this is a Thunderbird. It might be a Ford Galaxy, now that I've mm. zoomed in. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, but I didn't want to. Actually, I think that's a Toyota Prius. Mm. Oh, fuck. You're right. First gen. Yeah, yeah. The mm. first release of the Prius. Yeah. Yeah, you guys didn't know that Toyota was, they were big fans of Nirvana, and they actually gave Kurt, like, a first edition Toyota Prius. Yeah. Holy shit. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's Ben, Nirvana, who'd you wanna? All right, moving forward. Moving forward, do we want to take a quick break before we get into talking about catching up with where Nirvana are at? I would love nothing more than to do exactly what Fantastic. you just said, Peter. Start this off without any words. Got so high, Welcome back to the 27 Club. We're talking Nirvana, the the end of the road. Uh, <laughs> oh, spoilers! So, after In Utero is released in the late summer 1993, Nirvana heads on the road. Late um, summer 1993. I have a friend who was born then. Oh, that's so nice. That's a good time. Is it Paul? <laughs> Yeah, it was Paul. Oh, okay. I was like, I know you were born in 94. <laughs> I know I was born in 94. Um, and so was Paul, because he's 27. There you go. Uh, yeah, so I'm turning 28 they, tomorrow, so this is actually really good timing this is for me to perfect. be It's podcast. a good thing you could show up instead of having to like take your dog to the vet or some bullshit. Exactly. Yeah, that was a real bullshit excuse. Hopefully I die tonight so I can become a member of this club. Am I right, boys? It's the only Hell way you can yeah. get in. Well, yeah. And I'm hoping Post Malone's the next one. Calling it now. Did you just really, really, really slur the name of Paul Carlson Thompson? Post Malone. <laughs> yeah, Malone. that's what it was. Hey, if you guys aren't putting uh, your full names in this podcast, I'm not either. I want to bleep on that. Uh, it's such a good joke, I think though, we, Paul. Uh, I think we've doxed each other bad already yeah it's made it in at this point it's i think only once each so like no you you yeah. can leave me in there i want people well to and we me. know where peter hangs out uh 
every weekday and weekend. From True, but they don't know what I look like. They don't know. Yeah, your pictures on the album orange. Are it comes out into yeah, two big cones. There. They don't know which is which. They don't know like which one's clown. PJ and Pete. That's a good point. I bet there are a lot of people who like. I bet there are a lot of people who think. Or do you think there's some people who think that like one of us is like one of those people, and then the other one's like, "That's crazy that one of them looks so much like Janis Joplin." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's gotta be it. Yeah. I've never. So I like to look up what people look like when I listen to a podcast. I bet I it's infuriating that. for a podcast like this because you can't. I bet look it's kind of hard to find pictures to us. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, you can probably find pictures of me, but it would be tough. I think. Um, I don't I'm know. like six foot seven and jacked as shit. You talk box exactly. It, which is, yeah, that makes it crazier that Talkbox PJ can knock you over. <laughs> yeah, that guy's he's that guy's dirty. huge. Yeah, it, it, all his strength comes from his dong. That's right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess write in. Hey, beachboysboys at gmail.com. Write in if you either know what we look like or if you have guesses based off of our faces on the the front of the last two. Uh, Are you yeah, encouraging people to just done. write in? And I will send you a drawing. Are you encouraging people to just write in and say, I know what you look like? Full stop. That's it. Yeah. No, no. I want some content. Like, I want them to prove that they know. They'll but if be you like, do want to leave. the one with the beard. PJ's the one with the beard. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Like, I mean, on the podcast, we've said we both have brown hair, beards, and are white guys. So, yeah, you know, we basically yeah. all look the same. Well, um, you should have come and gotten a tattoo with us, because then maybe our tattoo artist would have found my joke what? funny. Although, mm, you're blonde. And you yeah. don't have glass. Oh, no, you have glasses sometimes. I'm just forgetting. Yeah, we're in contacts right now. You have your do you want to see? And... Do you want me to look real close to the camera? Yes. Oh. Fuck. I actually think I see them, crazily. <laughs> yeah. But maybe I'm making that up in my head, because uh, I know they're there. All right, so Nirvana head out on tour in the fall of 1993. We didn't, we weren't fucking around enough. Okay, so they head out on tour in fall 93. They decide it is time to replace Jason Everman, and they get a second guitar player, uh, a little boy named... Wait, Pat's wait, 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 wait. Replace Jason Everman? Yeah. They decided it was time. You know, they'd been grieving him. They'd been wearing all black. They'd been okay. praying over, like, a set of candles every night. They'd been grieving yeah. him for years at this point. And they thought, you know what? It's finally time to move on from Jason. We'll get a new second guitar player. He can pay for the recording of the next album. Stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so maybe they he hire... can be from a disgusting-sounding name like the Germs. Yeah, yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah, a kid named Pat Smear, who, until this week doing this research for this show, I had no idea was in Nirvana. I thought he showed up much later in the Foo Fighters run, even. I didn't even realize he was in the Foo Fighters from uh, the start, so. Well, he I didn't he know quit. he did anything in the Foo Fighters. Yeah, he, he was, like, yeah. a, one of the main members at the beginning, and then he quit for a long time, yes. and now he's back. Yes, mm. I thought he only showed back up, or, like, I thought that was his first time in the Foo Fighters, was when he returned to the Foo Fighters in, like, 2010 or something, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I learned a, you know what, I learned a lot here. Um, do you guys fuck with any other punk bands? Sorry, I want to just derail us again. Like from uh, this era, from this era, Paul, you no. know I do. 
Well, yeah, I, 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 mean, I guess I'm mostly asking Peter, but you can say your opinions too. The guests, the listeners don't know. That's true. I really like a lot of punk from this era. Um, I'm gonna more. sort by year, and I will go to the '90s. I really, and I'm I like pretty Rancid. sure I own zero punk albums. I own two albums that are in my iTunes with the genre distinction punk. Uh, the first one is from 1999, the Ramones Anthology. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that famous 90s punk band, the Ramones. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one is the uh, from 1998, uh, the Hives EP, debut EP, a.k.a. Idiot. I've never, I haven't listened to the Hives very much. Which, yeah, they're, they're, um, I would say part of the very first wave of the early 2000s, uh, like pop punk thing. Mm. So I don't think they count in terms of all those other bands you're talking about. Um, Hmm. yeah, like, yeah, very much, uh, what's a good other band that they're like, I don't know. Like early There's, Arctic Monkeys, like that scene, mm. they kind of were like one of the original people. Now, does No Doubt count as a punk band from the 90s? Because I really like their original drummer. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I heard he got kicked out. Uh, oh, ooh, too. I missed one. Uh, I have this album called Zuropa by this cool punk band from Ireland that I think people would really do. It's super punk. Like, it's hard. It goes heavy. And like you're almost uh, yeah. like scared listening to it, um, but it's really good. So yeah, I'd give it a try. Probably the song like "Le Marron is really good. I'll take your word for it, Pete. There you go. Zoo. So no, Paul. All of my punk is old or new, older or newer. Is that the one where the fox tried? <laughs> did I say Zootopia, or did you just make that joke? Because now I think I might have said Zootopia. <laughs> I think you, no, you said zero. You were talking about a All rabbit, right. and you said that you thought she was so, really hot. You went into this weird yeah. fugue state, though. I don't know what was going on there. A-cab, you were talking about the Seinfeld rabbits, lady you kept calling important. her, and how hot she was as a rabbit. I didn't know what that was about. Did she do the voice of that rabbit? I believe so. Julia Lewis, yeah. Interesting. Also, I've never seen that movie, but isn't that movie that the rabbit's a cop? Yeah. 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 Mm. All right. So, uh, ABAB, all bunnies not, are bastards. It's not Julia Louis Dreyfus at all. It's okay. Jennifer Goodwin. The, the, f- the discount Julia Louis Dreyfus. They got her to stand in a couple times in Seinfeld episodes when Julia was like really busy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So they have Pat Smear join the band. <laughs> We're still there, huh? This is almost as Paul. I don't consider you an off the rails type guest, but I do have to now because this is almost as off the rails as Jake's episode. Although you didn't exactly, Jake inspired me to be a better guest. I guess, yeah, (laughs) and better. I know I I've really fucked you guys over in terms of episode quality, and I just I'm trying Mm, to bring it all back. Well, now that you're on the show, I think we can unequivocally say Jake's the worst guest, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, He literally watches baseball every time we record, (laughs) like while you're recording. Yeah, and sometimes you can hear it because I'll accidentally turn the volume up, which (laughs) I do appreciate. It's pretty. You know what? He's not going to stop being him. If there is one sport that you can absolutely watch while doing another activity, it's baseball. Speaking of which, the Giants are down 4-0 from the Dodgers. Oof. Yeah. Ooh, I should look up the Mets score. I've decided I'm a Mets guy. Nice. Hmm. The Nationals are 
beating the Mets right now five to one. Oh, good. I'm a Nationals fan. That's no good. Because I right. love Washington D.C. and its rich history. So, they go on tour and they record an album, not a studio album, mind you. They record M- an MTV Unplugged performance. Oh, a, m- a music television unplugged. Yeah. So we've talked about MTV Unplugged previously on this series. It came up at some point when we were talking about Nirvana, I think. So we know some of the like original or the, some of the first bands to do it. We've already talked about that. So the kind of style of MTV pl- Unplugged at this point, I almost said MTV Plugged. How ridiculous. That would um, just be called MTV. Yeah. So the style up to now is like, it's it's a lot, it's basically a best of concert. And as Dave Grohl put it, it's like they're basically playing an arena show, but just acoustic. Like bands are really going for it. They're not really doing what Nirvana considered to be the correct way, which is like toning down their music, playing it more like you would play your songs if you were like in a coffee shop with acoustic guitars and a little yeah Tom with brush sticks, you know? So on that note, I have to tell a story. That Paul is a part of. I'm sorry, Peter. Are we ever going to get to anything? Peter, I've been waiting to tell this story. PJ, at this point, we are five lines into my notes. (laughs) Peter, I've been waiting to tell this story until Paul was on the episode and we were talking about Unplugged. I'm going to chug this beer. um, You told a story about um, Adam Scott and him like having to be on Conan over and over again and telling a story about the Traveling Wilburys and then realizing nobody knows who the Traveling Wilburys are anymore. Yes. Paul and I did a similar thing where at a camp talent show, we both worked at a summer camp. We thought it would be funny to, um, because we were always like the last people to do a talent show. Cause we had like a band that was like funny and all the kids liked it. We sure. thought it would be funny to come we out. We were really popular. We yeah. were, so, I can't, we were they like more popular name, than Nirvana. You'd sign all their camp t-shirts. I guess. Exactly. The groupies PJ would take back. Just unreal. Yeah, they were all of age. Um, and also... Yeah, the one camp week where they were all over 18. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the every, seniors every week. Year. <laughs> That's going to get cut out. Um, <laughs> but we we would go on last, and we would like do stupid bits every time at the high school uh, talent show. And so this time, what we did was we came out dressed as Nirvana, basically. I was wearing like a long like wig and we were like both wearing flannels and we thought it'd be funny to do a song the dumbest song we could think of in a very acoustic manner sure and paul do you remember what song we did was that ice ice baby we did tub thumping (laughs) we did that at camp (laughs) yeah it was your idea you just thought Um, you did it for fun one night at your house (laughs) well i knew we played it we played it in missoula a few times i remember that but we did a somber version of tub thumping by chumbawamba (laughs) And then it is funny halfway. I know it's a very funny bit because we were like pretending to do unplugged. We had candles lit and everything. (laughs) And remember the candles. Yeah, it was it was we put some time into this bit. Um, And then halfway through, I realized none of the children knew what the fuck MTV unplugged was or really who Nirvana was. And so halfway through, I was like, oh, this is only funny to Paul and I. And then. We had to play. I don't think they also know who tub thumping or who no. They, they, is. they didn't know who any what any of the bits we were doing were. And then uh, we had to finish that song and then play another song. And it was like one of those bits where you're like, I think this is very funny, and literally no one else is uh, 
is getting this bit. They uh, don't even. It's it's so unfunny to them that they don't even realize you're doing a bit. Yeah, they're just like, wow, those guys are so fucking weird. Yeah, just well, they're probably just straight up bored. They're like, oh, they're in weird costumes, but they're also just playing a song we've never heard and don't care about. And, so and it's really somber for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, a bunch been... of bored listeners. What are we talking about? Your regular listeners to this oh, podcast? Oh. oh. I'm going to end the meeting now, guys. Okay, so Somebody they play me. an MTV Unplugged performance, and like I said, usually it was kind of a greatest hits thing. People really played it up. They decided to go more, you know, like Nirvana is, a little more emo. Um, so, and they, and they didn't want to play many of their hits. Uh, they also uh, brought in some guests. Uh, they brought in a couple guys from the band Meat Puppets. Uh, which apparently ah, that MTV, famous acoustic band. Exactly. Apparently MTV was not super happy about. Uh, they wanted, you know, to kind of pair them up with someone more famous, maybe. James um, Taylor. Exactly. Yo-Yo a Ma. James Taylor. A Yo-Yo Ma. Well, a cellist would have been perfect. Um, so they rehearsed for two days before playing the show. It was apparently really, really tense because they were kind of going back and forth with MTV the whole time about their set list and their guests and the stage design and, we're feeling kind of boxed in. Um, Kirk was also trying to stay off heroin at the time, and so he was really kind of withdrawn and moody, and so it was not it was not particularly fun for the band. Uh, the stage design they wanted to make uh, basically like a funeral. They brought in, like PJ just mentioned, they brought in black candles, flowers, like a chandelier. Wanted it to make uh, make it look like that. Uh, so, and then, so uh, this is when we've talked about unplugged a lot in the past is that a lot of bands don't really respect the unplugged idea. And they have mostly, yeah, mostly a lot of uh, bass players just play an electric bass for unplugged. So Nirvana similarly, well, so Chris, Christofferson does play an acoustic bass to his credit. Dave Grohl, the drums are always an acoustic instrument, but he does use brushes. Not always. Thank goodness. Um, and then that's true. Uh, and then Kirk is playing an acoustic guitar, but he does insist on playing through an amp, which, duh, like to record, they would, I guess they could have it direct yeah. lined into something. I don't know. Um, but he insists on using like some of his effects pedals too. Um, so we'll hear a little bit of that, obviously, when we go track by track, but... I got to say, for all of my, um, like, posturing earlier about bands not respecting the unplugged thing, I, like, as long as everyone's playing an acoustic instrument, I guess I don't really care if he's using effects. It's more annoying to me when, like, just they will straight up use an electric bass the whole time. So That is very annoying to me. I, yeah. I agree. Um, and I didn't realize, I think before I had slammed Nirvana, because I thought Chris Novoselic played a... An electric bass. Yeah, he does. Yeah. In fact, play. An I think. Bass. I think I did too. And then I followed up to to double check on that. But I, I mean, I get it. Like it would be cooler, I guess, if it was just all acoustic. But as someone who doesn't like all acoustic music, um, it sounded a lot better with Kurt using a little bit of effects. So I gotta yeah. come clean, you guys. I was also slamming Chris Novoselic because he. I thought he played an electric bass. He doesn't. And and I. I just feel bad. I think it just sounds really good, honestly. Like the <laughs> bass does sound good, and it doesn't really sound like an acoustic bass that much on the album. So, also Pat Smear's guitar, the Buck Owens American, such a cool fucking guitar. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, oh, hey, and speaking of the live at Reading videos being really good, the video for this is also like really, really nice quality if you want to go. Yeah. Find I, well, online, I think they so. shot it on film, didn't they? Probably. That's probably why. Um, okay, so are we ready to go track by track? So this album did come out uh, November 94. Uh, so about a year after it was recorded, it was recorded in November 93. But we're going to go ahead and do the track by track now and then get to... Uh, I don't really want to spoil anything, but yeah, some, some interesting, (laughs) some strange life decisions Kirk makes. Is that a good way to put it? Well, wait one second. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Before we get into that, I should have, uh, I should have gotten here. So it was released in November, 1994. Um, obviously not, maybe not obviously, but it was, um, released, uh, like six months or so after Kirk dies. Uh, so like we talked about with Pearl, um, I guess that's the only kind of posthumous album we've talked about. Um, but it went and it shot to number one, given the recent death. I think you're making I feel a like face there, like we talked there about. There was there. a bad finger we, one, maybe? No. Okay. No, that came out before um, Pete Ham died. Uh, so okay. anyway, so it went to number one on the Billboard uh, charts and did the highest first week sales of Nirvana's career, which, which is impressive. But in a year after it came out or in six months after it came out, it had outsold in utero, which is pretty wild. That's Um, not that wild. That's not a very good album. (laughs) Yeah. But we talked about in utero being like close to Nevermind's numbers and talked about if they had promoted it and kind of like hyped it up. um, It could have definitely done Nevermind's numbers or more. So, I don't know. I mean, I know Unplugged is huge, and obviously with his death, it would do a lot better. But it's just kind of wild that that, in that quick of a time, it did better than In Utero that had been out for two years at that point. So, anyway. Uh, Now, we can go ahead and get to the track by track. About a girl. (laughs) Woo! Are those people cheering for us? Yeah. Go, Kirk! I don't know if you know this, Paul, but... Every every live album we talk about, we also have a live studio audience, which I don't know how you haven't noticed. I guess I just wasn't paying attention. They do leave in almost all the talking in between songs for the uh, CD, which is surprising to me, but I do enjoy. Hate his voice on this. Can't stand it. Oh, really? I like, I like this it. quite a bit. I still think the Bleach version is probably better, but that's purely, I think, just because I don't love acoustic songs. So, I uh, see. I like all of the like music on it, but he's like his his voice sounds screechier than usual. Yeah. Yeah, his voice definitely isn't at its best on yeah. this recording. Maybe he should have done some heroin before this. Yeah, he should have. Um, he should have done the old addicts trick where he gets off of it for like the two weeks before, and then the yeah. day of the show, he Just kills you it. know yeah he either drinks or yeah he does he does some heroin and then hopefully he's both slay yeah exactly. I do think it's a good song. I just like 
at certain points I hate his voice because he's like trying to hit so hit those notes and he can't. I mean, he can do it, but it's it, it, you can tell it's straining his voice. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I like that in a song. I like kind of like the raw, just like. I don't know, but I think it has a lot to do with, like, the kind of music that I normally listen to and enjoy. Like, I just like that it's, like, kind of, he's just like, oh, I don't really give a fuck. I'm just going to go for it and yeah. do it however it lands, you know? Yeah, you're a real Andrea Botticelli kind of a guy. Real oh, three tenors. Dude, don't get between me and the Botticelli, please. Uh, so this song sure. was released as a single uh, to promote this album. Is uh, the only, I'm really, like, surprised that they released a single at all but um for something that's not like a real album the only yeah. two like unplugged things that i know that like people banked on are this one and eric clapton people have a boner for that fucking unplugged album yeah well slow hand rips on acoustic guitar what can you say it's funny i've never had a i've never listened to that album but i do have a boner let's get to track two come as you are Hey, Paul, this one's for you. See, like this one, he doesn't need the weird guitar echo chorus effect or whatever. Yeah. Come as you are, as you were, as I want you to be, as a friend, as a friend. This is going to sound insane Because Dave Grohl is just using like You know, three different drums And like brushes He's doing real good It sounds really nice He does sound good See, and he's doing this creature thing on this one But I don't mind it I think this song is great I mean, I like yeah. this song as it is. Like, I liked it when it was on the album. I like it now acoustic, you know? Yeah. Uh, should we move on? <laughs> it's There's not a lot to say about these because, like, they aren't... They're songs we've already talked about, a lot of these. And they're not that And they're not different. adding stuff to them exactly. Like, if anything, yeah. they're stripping it down. So uh, do we want to get to a new song for us? Jesus Doesn't Want Me for a Sunbeam. Which is also a Vaseline's cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they intro, it must be at the end of that other song in, like, the track listing, but they intro it. Saying that it's a Vaseline's cover. And is this what an accordion? Is that? Yeah, I was, I couldn't tell. Let's but look. I like the way it sounds. I feel like I knew. I'll watch the video real quick. It's an accordion. Chris Novoselka's playing it. Yes. Oh, I really? was going to say, I feel like when I watched the video, I knew what that was, and I forgot to put it in my notes. So, yes. Honestly, good for Chris. Oh, and then Dave Grohl's playing bass on this song. Damn, Dave. I didn't know he played three whole instruments. What a guy. Oh, and they have a cellist. Yes, they do have the cello player. Well, I don't know if it's the same one that was on In Utero, but they However, have a cello player. Pat Smear is not doing a goddamn thing on this song. Who's playing the drums? Nobody's playing drums. There's no drums. Oh, I thought I heard a hi-hat in there. Oh, I think he... Well, I think I think he's only on the hi... He's playing bass and doing hi-hat. Oh, Because okay. he's still Paul, sitting at the drum Paul set. Paul just hears hi-hats in life. So, like, Paul Honestly? Be, like, walking around yeah. and be like, where was that hi-hat going? 
Where's that fucking hi-hat? He's, so he's singing backup. He's doing the hi-hat, and he's playing bass, which is really impressive. That's a lot going on. Yeah. I'm impressed. Uh, this song's but they, fine. I like it. Uh, yeah. I, I like it, too. This whole album, it's like a very enjoyable listen, but I also don't think I will ever go back to it outside of the show, unfortunately. But it's just like, it's all very competently done for what it is, and it's enjoyable, but... Man, that is interesting. Um, the man who sold the world, the David Bowie cover. Yes. Which I will say, this fucking rules, and I almost like more than the David Bowie version. This is by far the high point of the album. Th- this is one of the few covers in the world that surpasses the co- the original. And I really like to the point where I wish that they had done a studio version of it, because I think if it was just Nirvana doing this, but in the studio, it would really be. Yeah, like actually a fantastic cover. Yeah. So. Oh, I like it just the way it is. But also, I, this I, you know, this was on that first album that I had from mm, the so Yeah. I, you know, I love it. Yeah, this is fantastic. Change a thing and about it. Yeah, rarely does Bowie get upstaged. Although we kind of talked about it on the Rolling Stones, their "Let's Spend the Night Together" is arguably well, they better wrote than song. David Bowie's. So, hmm. well, they wrote it. So. No, it's their cover of that is arguably better than his. But yeah, okay. Uh, speaking of Chris doing, I mean, he has to on this song, but doing some good work on the bass. Yeah, it's crazy when it's not a Nirvana song. He's uh, you can actually hear the he's bass right up and there. it's yeah. well written and stuff. Do you think they put in? So I'm watching the videos along with it. Sure. Do you think they? put a lot of effort into what they wore because Chris is just wearing like a Henley tee and jeans and he looks like everybody's dad and uh, Dave is wearing like a turtleneck Columbia zip up yeah yeah I think no I think this is an era of like very I don't even want to say practiced I don't want to just assume that they like but of like purposeful just not giving a shit like i think That's they fair. they maybe thought about it and then we're like it's dumb to think about it i'm just gonna wear whatever i was wearing yeah pat smear is also wearing just my Henley. yeah but this honestly i had forgotten about this but there was a time in high school where when i really liked nirvana where i was dressing like i was trying to dress like kurt cobain in this like i would try to find like kind of ugly cardigans in yeah. like a white t-shirt and you know i had like long hair i had hair down on my shoulders at this point in my life and i i was really trying to emulate his look and i still think it looks cool it does yeah i will say like the um not the car photo we looked at but the studio photo we were talking about pretty much everything those guys were wearing would be like very very cool right now so i've heard that the only nirvana they fashion icons sorry um i've heard the only reason that they wore clothes like this and i don't know if this is true is because when they like first started they were all super fucking broke and they would just shop at thrift stores but in the pacific northwest it was a lot of like old man lumberjack stuff that was at thrift stores yeah i think that's exactly it yeah for sure and that's how a movement is born kids 
Uh, get to. I love the Pacific Northwest and thrift shopping. There's a good song about it. Me too. Yeah, who's that by? By Paul. Hmm. Ryan? Oh. Is it Ryan Lewis? Hmm. Yeah, right. Penny uh, Royal, Royal T. Hey. Sorry. I I'm trying to make myself look like Macklemore by slicking my hair all back. Oh, fuck. I didn't know I was in Seattle. Does Macklemore still have that hair? Let's look it up. Macklemore 2022. <laughs> I got to know. Well, speaking what of like which, now. everybody needs to Google slash no glasses, no hat. Oh, you cannot recognize that motherfucker. Yeah, Macklemore looks the same. That's kind of sad. Oh, he, he's got a little bit more of a close cropped haircut. Still yeah, not. it's not quite the like pompadour thing, but it's basically the same, which is wild to me. Like, how long does one person keep a haircut? <laughs> it still looks like a wig. Slash? Yeah. Yeah. This song's good. We've heard it before. It's fine. Yeah. It's, you know. Let's get to dumb. I don't want to, like, dismiss any of these songs because I think they're good, but we've already talked about most of them, so sorry, Paul. Yeah, Paul, feel no, free okay. to jump in. I Yeah, exactly, like PJ said. Like, we've kind of already given our thoughts on the actual songs, so... I honestly, the song "Dumb" like really made me think a lot as like a fifteen-year-old. I feel ironic. like this is a song. It's true. I don't know this song. I just remember like really like paying attention to the lyrics, which I didn't often do. Like yeah. when you're fourteen or fifteen, you kind of like realize like, oh, they're like saying something as an artist. And this was one of the first songs where I was like, oh shit, yeah, like I kind of what he's going for or at least i thought i did maybe at the time yeah um yeah and this is a really good one by the way like the cello i i we kind of talked about on in utero i didn't love the cello there but on this performance i think the cello works really well and i love the cello lines kind of weaving in and out of everything i think it works better with their acoustic sound yeah agreed agreed um pj <laughs> He looks. He just looks like Antonio Banderas to me now. See, to me, he looks like uh, who's that guy who does all the fake karate and takes himself really seriously? Oh man, Elvis? In, no, he's in all those movies. Uh, like oh, Steven Elvis. Seagal. Steve, Steven Seagal. He looks like yeah, Steven Seagal. Yeah, he does look. He looks like a cross between Steven Seagal and Antonio. Are you sure you're not talking about Elvis? PJ's sharing weird shirtless pictures of a slash, by the way. With no hat and no top hat. And the only way you know it's him is because he's got Slash tattooed across his belly. All right, let's get Pauly going. Uh, that's hilarious. I glanced at the photo and was like, huh, why does he have Clash tattooed on his stomach? <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Big fan of the Clash. All right. I mean, hey, me too. Pauly was a song you didn't like before, really, right? How do you feel Still about it? Still don't. Mm, doesn't change how I feel. I mean, it stands out less because it's all acoustic, so it's not like the one acoustic song on the front half of the album. But I like the song, Polly. Paul, I'm sure you do too, because it's your name. I this is this one isn't my favorite on the album. Like, I definitely don't dislike it, but it's also not one where I would like put on a playlist. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's very similar to the studio version. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The one kind of interesting thing here is that instead of being his double-tracked vocals, it's, I think, Dave singing. Yeah. Um, 
singing along with him. So that's kind of, I don't know. Which in theory note. it was supposed to be on the album too, but I don't believe that for a second. Uh, did we confirm that, or were we just taking guesses at who was singing what? No, 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 no. Because it says on the album that it's it's Dave and uh, uh, okay, okay, and Kirk, but it does it doesn't but it sound doesn't like sound Kirk. like Dave, yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, it um, sounds like Kirk on both. Yeah. Well, let's get to on a plane. Really, I think a lot of what this album made me realize is just how good all of these songs are in their original Melody versions, wise. like. Just, you know, when you break it down, this is really fucking obvious, but when you break a song down to just being played on an acoustic guitar, it exposes a lot of the, you know, nuts and bolts and structure of the song. And so it just made me want to go back and listen to a lot of stuff like Dumb or uh, On a Plane, realizing, like, just how great of a song it is, where even when you break it down like that, it's... uh, Still super catchy and nice. I will correct you here, Pete. Uh, you mean how... So... Not correct you. I guess I should say... It, it's interesting to me that... A lot of the time, Kirk is playing... Um, like, two different parts on the guitar, kind of? You know? Like, you mean he's got his fingers Do on the fretboard? Do you think even when he is strumming the strings, too? I noticed that as well, PJ. Yeah, it's crazy how he can do that. What were you gonna say, Pete? I was on a completely different thing. I was gonna say, do you think even when he has shot himself, we're still going to insist on calling him Kirk? <laughs> even when the man That'll is be- dead, we're going to use the wrong name. <laughs> that was the first time it's gotten me this episode. Pete. I know, me um, too. But I, I like these guitar lines that usually Kirk does on his own um, with Pat Smear. Like, they, they've broken it down into two separate things, like a rhythm and a lead, and it's really yes. interesting. It is, and it, it that's maybe the one thing. I mean, it's cool that they're so good as a trio, and to go back to Live at Reading for a second, like, Kirk, I think to back up him as, like, a really great guitarist... He, he pretty much recreates note for note all the shit they do in the studio playing live. Yeah. Like, he is a really impressive guitar player to keep up with. I, I, I just feel like a lot of bands like Green Day, for example, like a lot of bands would just not insist on playing everything. Like they would just lean towards doing a lot more chords and stuff, I guess, live. Or and so, having like a second tracks. guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. that, yeah, or get into second guitar player. And so it's super impressive how good they are just as a trio and how full the sound is still. But I kind of agree where, like, it did make me want to seek out a recording from this tour with Pat Smear because it would be really cool to hear, yeah, two guitar players yeah, playing together. Because even on the recordings, they don't do that much double, like, uh, double guitar parts. It's still usually just one guitar uh, something in the way. One of the all-time Nirvana songs. An all-timer from Nirvana. See, I like the song less because I really like the vocal effect on something in the way on the studio cut. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a little bit uh just dull. Listening I, to this version, yeah. Well, and like the studio version is so good. 
all of Nevermind is so perfectly produced that it like it's hard to hear yeah the songs a little bit outside that context because it's like the most crystal clear album I've heard in a yeah. while. Particularly this song where it's like a lot of the beauty comes from how like crisp it is, you know? Yeah. For sure. And then and then to hear like a sloppy acoustic version is like, I don't know. Uh, so now we get to the portion of the show where they bring out a couple members of the Meat Puppets. And they play yeah. three Meat Puppets songs, which we will go through, unless anyone has anything to say, in short order. Uh, so the first one is Plateau. The first and only Nirvana song I ever learned on guitar, because some kid taught it to me in seventh grade. Interesting. Wow. And it's a cover. I yeah. actually, I, I kind of like, uh, well... I don't like the other two, but I like this one quite a bit. And, but this is definitely, really like this one too. you know, from I know on a plane is good, but Polly something in the way, and then the Meat Puppet songs. This album starts to get a little slow in the back half for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought this, I think it's a good song. I I just don't know if it's like, it's kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I think know. it makes more sense when you watch, like, the videos because they, like, pause. They bring the meat puppet guys out. Like, it's a little bit of a pause in the show. And then to do this mini set. And then they keep going afterwards. But I agree, like, in the in the Which, album, when it just goes straight through, it's a little bit strange. A lot of the time when they do an Unplugged, it's, like, two different people. It's two different bands or two different people. Like who are like playing together or they're doing separate sets, right. and it's weird that this one is—it's like Nirvana unplugged, and they don't say anything really about the Meat Puppets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Well, that's maybe because Nirvana was pissed that it wasn't like you know Pearl Jam or something joining them. Yeah. I I love this part. I love the like the kind of falsetto he does at first in the chorus, like when he sings birds, and then how it just gets like screecher and screecher. Like I think it sounds really cool, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I like this song quite a bit. Uh, let's move on to Oh Me. I really like this one too because I love that guitar line. Yeah. That run. Yeah, if you if Kurt wasn't singing at all, and then I just heard that opening riff, like you could probably fool me into thinking that that's like all sorts of different classic rock bands. Like, kind of, it sounds. I think it sounds different than everything else from Nirvana. Yeah, it's kind of acoustic Zeppelin-y, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. So apparently the Meat Puppets were pretty underground at the point where Nirvana invited them on Unplugged, but their album after Unplugged did really, really well. So it kind of got them in the spotlight there. Yeah, I will say I didn't remember this song hardly at all, but I like it now. Um, let's move on to Lake of Fire. Also, interestingly, Kirk still sings lead on all these, and, like, 
the Meat Puppet singer Kurt Kirkwood, confusing name. Um, yeah, too similar. Just sings like backing vocals occasionally, but I'm surprised it's not at least like a duet. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Kirk Kurtwood, huh? Really confusing. Yeah. Um, this song, I didn't like it because it, the concept of a lake of fire is just really scary. Yeah. That's true, man. I get it. But no, I genuinely do not like this song very much. Yeah. It's all right. Oh, I, I like, love it. I like the guitar line. Uh, his vocal the, delivery, like, eh, but... That that backing guitar is really good. Yeah. What'd you say, Paul? Sorry, we interrupted oh, you. I was gonna say I, I like it. I like the vocals and I like the of the guitar yeah. in there. Like I love that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I don't wanna like dismiss Nirvana giving time to this band that they really liked and all that. But I feel like this part of the album is definitely the weakest part for me. It just gets a little slow it's like bring out smells like teen spirit exactly place place smells like teen spirit play what we want i want some of that stinky stinky teen spirit all right all apologies i'm gonna say it right now my favorite song off of this unplugged it's really good yeah it is very good See, and he's like hitting those notes now that it seemed like earlier he was kind of struggling. He's warmed up his voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they did. I'm I'm sure he didn't practice before this. Yeah. Beyond sound check. They did apparently record everything in one take. Just going That's impressive, because I know a lot of the no. time with the unplugged ones, it would be like two or three. Not, I mean, like most live concerts and albums uh, that they put out are like two or three nights that they mix into one. So that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, this is very good, but. Kind of like other songs on this album, it just really makes me want to go listen to the studio version. And get to the final track, Where Did You Sleep Last Night, which is a uh, Lead Belly song. Yeah. Which finally ties Kirk back to uh, the blues. We, we, we got a little far astray We tried. Yeah. yeah. We tried to get away from the blues, but it couldn't happen. So what we've learned about the 27 Club is uh, Big Head, Tiny Butt, Love the blues. Yep. And they love the blues. Those are the requirements. Oh, earlier I said Nirvana and Eric Clapton were the only two who, like, I feel like banked off their unplugged. Bob Dylan also had a very popular unplugged. Oh, I don't know if I know it was unplugged. Maybe it's not that popular. I just had it on cassette tape in my first car ever. Nice. It's a good one. This is fine terrible ending song you know what honestly yeah they should have ended with all apologies. all apologies yeah, yeah. I, I agree but apparently, when it, whenever i listen to this like through like i always think like oh that's the last one like okay 
If you just shut the album off early, though, pretty good. Yeah. Because this song is just nothing. It's it's not, not breaking any new ground, and it's, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's interesting hearing a blues standard, especially given the bands we've bands and musicians we've covered so far on this show. Hearing like a blues song done by someone who has it sounds like zero interest in playing the blues. Like he's just playing open like acoustic yeah. chords instead of playing any blues lines or acoustic kind of blues. And there are two guitarists there, so they could easily yes. have done it. There's no slide, you know. There's no bottleneck guitar. Like it's it's really interesting. It would have been crazy to hear that though. Yeah, coming from Nirvana. So. Yeah, well, I, I do the hmm. the thing I do like about this song is like when it like at the end how it kind of builds into him like just yelling at the end. Yeah, I, I think that's cool. Like I like the the build, but for the most part, like yeah, the song kind of I drift. It, it just easily. takes him a little bit too long to get there. I think. Yeah. It's kind of like the podcast where I end every episode. Like I slowly, I start really quiet, and then by the end, I'm just screaming at the listener. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Well. PJ, what are your what are your thoughts on the MTV Unplugged? From I like it a lot. I really do. Yeah. Um, I like acoustic music quite a bit. Um, there were a few I didn't care. Like, where did you sleep last night? Get that off the fucking album. Nobody cares about that. Um, and then I'm sure they recorded more songs. Yeah, there's a bonus um, version. Yeah. Or what am I trying to say? Uh, like a deluxe version of this album with some bonus tracks. So. Right. I think they did I, four or five other songs, but right, you know, swap one of those out uh, with something in here. Get rid of that last song that's by the Meat Puppets. You can keep Plateau if you want. You can keep Oh Me, but three in a row by the Meat Puppets. They got a they got a lot of real estate on this album. I feel like. Um. Other than that. You know, there were a few where I was like, well, this just sounds exactly like the studio version, or I would rather listen to the studio version, like um, yeah. uh, something in the way. However, overall, I think it's a very good... Not a lot of albums, to me, have this kind of like mood or like sound... Um, what am I trying to say? like this soundscape that's like pleasant you know a lot of albums yeah. like either change it up slowly this one is kind of the same one all throughout and i kind of dig that it, it has the same throughout without sound every song sounding exactly the same kind of yeah. like um uh the smile sessions like to yeah. me it's kind of this a f- similar like more bare bones version of that where it's like a very similar soundscape well, probably because it's played live on all the same instruments, but it was like a very chill and calming listen, and I liked that a lot. Um, you know, it's not a perfect ten, but it I liked I enjoyed the listen. Yeah. What do you want to rate it? If not a ten. No, you guys gotta say what you guys oh, okay. think about the album and then we rate it. Uh well I will go next very I think very quickly for me. I found this album extremely pleasant to listen to, but mm-hmm. every time I was done listening to it, and like I probably haven't listened to it for a couple of days because it's been a while since we last recorded. So um, every time I stop listening to it, I kind of forget it exists, except for the cover of The Man Who Sold the World, uh, which I really, really, song. really love. So 
I don't know. To me, it's acoustic versions of a lot of their songs and some others, which are like all fine, but I do not think I prefer anything on here to, you know, nothing here is better than another version ex- except for that. So I agree. It's really good though. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, but I, I mean, I guess I, I can understand that other people liking it makes it like a huge Nirvana album. But to me, I don't, I think it's maybe fourth out of their four albums we've covered in terms of like what I would go back to listen to even lower than bleach to me. So that is insane to me. Cause I would rather listen to, for yeah. me, it's, I mean it, like, like this is never a more enjoyable. Listen. This. Yeah. It's a more enjoyable listen, but like bleach at least has, I don't know, different songs basically. Like this is a, you know, them playing other I versions f- of their other songs which I like. I will never better, listen so to rather. another song off of Bleach, <laughs> let alone the whole thing all the way through. Well, you're I, listening to, to About a Girl on here. Yeah, on here, not on Bleach. On here. <laughs> okay, okay. To me, it's never mind this in utero Bleach. That's wild. As right, far as right, listenability. Right. So, Paul, your thoughts on MTV Unplugged? I, I, I am inclined to agree with you guys. I think this as a whole is like great. Like, if I was listening to this album like on a plane and you know maybe like dozing a little mm, bit i think on a i plane. love Great it the song. entire way through yeah and i <laughs> dozing on a plane yeah oh on a plane it's the best nirvana song yeah um like there would be no surprise and i would i would enjoy it the whole time but yeah i think the first half of the album is really good and then the second half it kind of like it drags a little bit you're yeah. right yeah um but also i mean like you were saying peter like man who sold the world so so good and then all apologies, also excellent. Yeah. So those two, I think, you know, they really pick this album up a lot. But I also really like Jesus Doesn't Want Me for a Sunbeam and mm. also Plateau. I like that one too. Yeah. Plateau's okay. Both those two songs really do it for me. But yeah, yeah I, I'd say overall I think it's really good. But it's also not one, yeah, that I'm going to be pulling out every day. You know, it's not like I'm going to get like obsessed with this album. Uh, I think this oh, is sorry. maybe oh sorry the getting into Nirvana I know Peter and I before this podcast were like not in Nirvana this would maybe be a great album to get into Nirvana you know like yeah. a good a good opening of the door you yeah. know I mean this um, is it's probably equal to Nevermind as the most accessible yeah way to for sure. to hear Nirvana yeah I think if you're if you're open to doing a compilation first, that album that I had growing up, that like greatest hits like Nirvana, that's also really accessible. Yeah, and Paul, Paul, do you get you a nailed cut it right from every head. album sale from yeah. that from that best of? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, I do. You also nailed I'm the guy it right who on arranged the head. it and started selling it at Target. Nice, okay. oh, that makes sense. It's also why J.C. Penney sells their sweatshirts. <laughs> I'm freaking moving merchandise. Shifting units, man. You got to keep. Yeah, that's right. You got to keep the hustle going. Kurt Cobain was my dad. Okay, are you happy that I said that? Uh, and now I get all the money from Nirvana sales. You're Francis Bean. Yes, I'm Francis fucking Bean. Oh my god, I can't believe you guys didn't know that. I have a name tag on. That's why my tattoo says Kurt was murdered. By oh, my I missed mother. that. I thought he just said the Clash. <laughs> Peter, um, once again, as you always do, you're getting me mixed up with Slash. With yeah, no top hat and good. no sunglasses. Um, you really nailed it on the head when you said, uh, if you guys are open to going in there with a compilation album, 
I don't think I am almost ever when getting into a band. That's fair. I think it's pretentious, yeah. probably, and I apologize, but uh, all apologies. Yeah, it's kind of pretentious. <laughs> it's. I think so. Yeah. I just don't. I I like to know like in what order stuff was recorded. You know. See, so like that's why we're bringing this shit back again. That's why every compilation album has to have all the songs in the order they were released. The Beatles did it right with one. Exactly, it's every number one hit in a row. Exactly. Uh, yeah. PJ, what do you want to rate MTV Unplugged? <sighs> Seven out of ten. Damn. All right, I'm gonna go surprisingly close. I'm gonna go a six out of ten. Yeah. Paul. Seven. Yeah, seven out of ten. And I think I would have gone eight, but I only gave Nevermind a, an eight, so I can't, I can't yeah. go equal Nevermind because that's See, not right. Like I looked up my Bleach because I was just saying I'd rather listen to Bleach than this. I think Bleach I gave a two. This is a seven, but like this is this is a seven because it's so easy and nice to listen to. But I'm saying like I'd rather listen almost to stuff that I don't like, but is at least I don't know more i would rather buy this album on vinyl than ever owning bleach (laughs) all right so nirvana after this uh stretch or after they do mtv unplugged uh they start working or planning their tour of europe which will start in early 1994 uh so they start playing in europe uh when they get to munich uh kirk by the time they get to Munich in about in early March 1994, Kirk uh, is developing bronchitis and laryngitis. Uh, so they play their show in Munich and then fly him to Rome for medical treatment. Uh, There's and no this, doctors in Germany? Apparently not. I don't know. I've heard of a very famous one. Mengele. Yeah. Um, but apparently this will be their last live show, by the way. Uh, Munich on March, March 1, 94. Uh, Too many screaming girls like the Beatles. A lot, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're like, come play, come play in uh, Hamburg. Um. Anyway, so they go to Rome for medical treatment, and there, Kirk overdoses. Uh, for I think we we talked about it last week. This is like the second or third time. Um. He was drunk, or he drank a lot, and taken Rohypnol. An insomnia drug. Uh, That's which... the roofie drug. That's what roofies are. Oh, okay. Are. There you go. Yeah. But also reminded me I of Jimi Hendrix, who took, who drank a lot when he died. He drank a lot and took a, what was it, barbiturates, which were yeah. then a prescription sleeping drug pills. for uh, sleeping pills. So yeah. yeah. And Joplin did the same, th- a similar thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. No, I thought she just OD'd on heroin. She had been taking. They say um, Garbage Hendrix was, okay. I think. So anyway, so Kirk was rushed to the hospital. He was passed out the entire day after Courtney found him. So he recovered, um, but kept doing heroin and other drugs, uh, rohypnol probably. Um, supposed to not do those. So kept doing this. So they go back home, though, after this incident. And by mid-March, uh, they're back home in Seattle. And Courtney Love calls the police saying that Kirk was suicidal and had locked himself in a room in their house with a gun. So Mm. the police show up, they get Kirk to come out, um, and they confiscated several guns from their house uh, and some pills from Kirk. 
if you look at Courtney Love and Kirk Cobain, they do not look like gun people. Yeah, I was like, I was kind of curious about that, and it it made me wonder, like, I mean, this is long enough. I mean, it's almost thirty years ago, where I guess it was maybe more of a cultural. It's still like a cultural everybody thing, had a gun, you know. Yeah, it's definitely still a cultural thing that people own guns, but more of a cultural thing where I don't know people who wouldn't usually own guns own guns. Oh. Whatever. Yeah. Because I kind of agree. <laughs> Seems they don't they don't seem like the gun owning type, but this is back you know when the Pacific Northwest was still fairly blue collar. So that's true. And anyway. I guess it's also like neither of them had security, and they were both pretty famous. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Or maybe he was just like Elvis, and he just like shooting shit in his house. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, I, well, I've, I know he likes at least shooting one thing in his house. Exactly. A week later, Courtney inter- arranged an intervention, uh, and apparently Kirk was really upset, but eventually agreed to go to rehab. So they took him to a rehab center in, I believe, Los Angeles or Los Angeles area. Um, so they brought him in. The rehab center Cedar apparently Sinai? did not, yeah, did not know. Um, that he had recently attempted suicide and were definitely way too lax kind of in, in terms of treating him. So he hung out at the rehab center. He seemed like he was doing okay. Courtney brought Francis by. Um, but the second night he was there, he went outside to smoke a cigarette. He jumped the fence. <laughs> he caught a cab and went to the airport and caught a plane back to Seattle. Um, How did he have that much money on him? Why'd they let him have money? Yeah, this all well, made me... so famous, like, at the time, he could have been like, I'm Kirk Cobain, will you drive me to the airport? <laughs> you know I'm like, good for it. Yeah, of course. Delta, for you sure, know dude. I'll pay you later. <laughs> I'm good for it, man. Yeah, um, yeah it kind of did make me wonder, because, like, in my head from, I don't know, movies and TV, I was, like, jumping the fence. Like, isn't he, like, in a white gown thing, and, like, he wouldn't have any of his stuff with him? But it must have been uh a place where he just had all his shit with him and uh you know he's wearing his normal clothes and still had his wallet and still had his wallet phone and keys you mean like a wedding dress exactly yeah um so they on the flight in there to the nurses you know yeah on the flight so apparently he saw duff mckagan showing back up from guns and roses Hell uh, yeah. And said hi, and a, a later Duff said he thought something was off because Kirk was way too happy to see him. <laughs> <laughs> Which That's is a great fun. reason. Yeah. So, at this point, so he leaves. You know, Courtney shows back up the next day. He's not there. She's freaking out. The band's freaking out. No one knows where he is. Um, after a couple of days, Courtney hires a PI um to find him and they heard he was supposedly spotted back up in seattle so this pi is searching for him no one knows where he is apparently through all of this i will say i didn't do maybe as much research as i could to answer this question but how the fuck did no one go to his house because apparently like they hire a fucking pi and know he was or at least heard he was spotted back in seattle and somehow never end up at his house but anyway it's the um, last place you always look. Yeah. So during all this, the band Nobody has to... Nobody ever asked one of them the question, like, where was the last time you saw him? You know? Yeah. 
Uh, where do you live? Where would he might yeah. go? Nothing like that. This PI, this PI is the most Seattle. I'll check the Space Needle <laughs> and that big Ferris wheel. <laughs> Those are my this first PI two is leads. more like a PU, if you ask me. Oh yeah, he fucking stinks at his job. Maybe he's at the first Starbucks. Uh, so during oh, wait. Kurt was last seen catching fish <laughs> at Pike Place Market. <laughs> Ah, we're on to something now, boys. Uh, so during all of this, when he is completely AWOL, the band has to pull out of playing the 1994 Lollapalooza. Sad. So sad that they couldn't play Lollapalooza. Oh, dude. Um, so, and then on April 8th, uh, his body is found. Uh, so there's a maintenance guy who had shown up at their house to install a security system. Uh, which just once again brings up so many questions of like, how is the PI not checking the house? So why were they getting this maintenance guy to go install a security system when no one was home? Like part part of it I know yeah. is that he was in the guest house and not their main uh, house. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure I've that heard that. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would make some more sense. Um, so the maintenance guy shows up to install this security system. He walks in. He initially thinks Kirk is just in there asleep and then walks closer and sees that there's a shotgun laying next to him and there's some blood coming out of his ear and that he had shot himself. So when or rather the, Courtney loves her. Uh, so possible. It's crazy. But, you know, we'll get into that later. Uh, so apparently the coroner thought he died on April 5th. So he had been sitting there for about three days. Uh, and there was heroin and Valium in his system when they did the autopsy. So Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's the death of Kurt Cobain. R.I.P. The man who sold the world. Yeah, I I do want to say that there was a time when I first started getting into Nirvana. I like spent like a day. I think like I read the Wikipedia page about Kurt Cobain's death, and then I spent the rest of the day being like, "No, he absolutely was murdered. It wouldn't make any sense." And I like went to tons of different conspiracy websites. Yeah, I was like looking into getting merch, like getting T-shirts that said like Kurt was murdered, and all this kind of stuff. And I remember telling my parents about it. They were like, what are you looking at in there? And I was like, well, I'm learning about Nirvana. And I'm pretty sure that Kurt Cobain was murdered. And I, like, told them all this stuff about it. And they were like, you know, you should take a break from the internet for a little while. Because it (laughs) sounds like you're getting a little too deep into some shit. I was like, okay. And then I realized, like. Now people our age have to tell people their age that. About, you know, not music. but Exactly. But then I was like, well, I guess he was always depressed and on a lot of drugs, so suicide actually is not that far out of, uh, out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. So right after Kurt died, um, so they were the opposite of the Rolling Stones. They were planning on putting together a live album to release, and apparently Dave and Chris found it too sad to be putting together an album so soon after a band yeah. member of theirs dies. Wow, some good dudes. Yeah, imagine people feeling human emotions. Uh, so, and that's why MTV Unplugged ended up getting released because DGC wanted, you know, they had this live album slated, so they decided to just go ahead and release Unplugged instead. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then in 1994, later in the year, Dave started Foo Fighters. So apparently he and Chris talked about still playing together. Um, but he, when he started talking about like starting a different band, um, he thought it would be, he and Chris both agreed. They felt the same way that it would just be too weird to like bring other band members in and have them be like Nirvana plus these other guys with Kirk's kind of ghost hanging around. Um, so Chris decided to not join the band. Um, and Dave Grohl obviously did (laughs) pretty darn well with those Foo Fighters. Anyway, um, there's also a lot, I don't, I'm not going to get too into it, but there are a lot, uh, of legal issues that end up happening in terms of Courtney basically fighting Dave and Chris over like Nirvana rights and Kirk's estate and what, uh, yeah, who has control basically of the band's material. And it's kind of interesting, I guess, if people want to go look into it, but I wasn't going to get into that a ton, so. But that has been the the life and musical output of one Mr. Kurt Cobain. Huh. Is that how you say that? Yeah, it doesn't sound right. Like, Kurt Cobain just flows off the tongue so much easier. But I think I did look. I think it's maybe, like, Kurt Kirkwood is his real name. But then it's Kurt Kirk Cobain or something. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's confusing. Kirk Christopherson. Yeah. So... PJ, what are what are your thoughts on uh, the life and times mm. of, of Kurt Cobain? Um, you know, it's I think a lot of people are really bummed still about like his death because it and I think the biggest interest I think of all of the twenty seven club members, he is maybe the biggest flash in the pan. Because they put out Bleach, which did good, well, underground. Then they put out um, uh, Nevermind, which was like this huge hit, like all across the board. You didn't have to be like an indie kid or an emo kid or a punk kid. It's just like everybody liked it. And then In Utero, which was like a little bit more underground, but it still sold almost as well as Nevermind. Um, and it, it's just this like truly like, growing from nothing like natural progression um band that just ends all of a sudden and i don't i don't know it's kind of like that guy who wrote in joe maybe i don't remember i think it was who who said uh i remember not really caring much for nirvana but then when he died i thought oh now he's going to be important and i don't necessarily agree with that sentiment however what would would it be as important if he didn't die young which is the question with all of the 27 club members, kind of. Like, well, yeah. You never got to see them sell out, basically. Yeah. Well, and if you look at it from like when Nevermind gets huge, it's really only about two years that yeah. they were like the biggest band in the world and he was super famous. So if you're on the periphery or even a big Nirvana fan, but like, you know, not tracking them from like the moment their first EP comes out, um, then it's a pretty, yeah, like you said, a really short period of time. And, you know, even more shocking with every other 27 Club member, they've been famous for at least like four to five to six years, usually at the minimum. So sometimes 10, you know. Right. Sometimes 20. Sometimes Sometimes like 26, 27 years they'd been famous. Yeah. It's a Chris Bell, mostly. He had been, you know. Yeah. 
So, but it, it's just yeah. it's just wild. Like, I think people are the most curious about Kirk Cobain because, you know, he was this anti-establishment kind of a guy who you never got to see sell out. But what do you have sold out? Dave Grohl sold out. Like, I think Sean brought it up on his episode. It, it's interesting. Like, it, it's all curious. And then, like, we didn't really get into it this episode, which I understand why, because it would have taken so much longer. But, you know, there's there's a lot of mystery surrounding his death, too. Paul knows a little bit about it from what I hear. Um, where, you know, it, it's just a bizarre, bizarre thing. Like, this dude is just famous for two years, and he offs himself. and Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It is. It's um. Yeah. What do we What are we thinking about rating Kurt Cobain in terms of twenty seven ness out of twenty seven? Twenty seven. Yeah, he really. I kind of agree with you. He really does feel like he's the second. Who is the other one we gave that to? Jim Morrison. I think. Jim Morrison. Yeah, he really does feel like he's up. He's got to be twenty six. Maybe or it's partially recency, you know, bias, but. Yeah. I agree that I think he's. I, he's I would a full say they have to be tied at twenty-seven. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Paul? I am inclined to agree with you both. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven out of twenty-seven. Yeah. And he died at twenty-seven it, and is in the twenty-seven club. Boy, that's a lot of twenty-sevens. That's really ridiculous. Actually, that kind of makes me feel like fucking not so bizarre. Movie I watched. Hmm. With Jim Carrey. Oh, seven. Oh. 27 dresses we'll learn more no, about that next week i think it was called the mask <laughs> oh interesting yeah he just kept like he put on this mask and it made and him that feel also really crazy. came out the same year that kurt cobain died that's another that's really interesting that you say that pj all right well paul thanks for being on our last our final kurt cobain episode yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Hell yeah. yeah. This was a fun series. I especially liked the uh, the Nirvana and Guns N' Roses feud. That was very enjoyable yeah. to listen to. Yeah. That was the high point of their career, I think. The The best part about it is that Slash was like, I don't have fucking time for this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was so very great. funny. He's too busy jumping in that pool in that picture. Exactly. Yeah. I'll yeah. tweet that picture out when this episode comes out. It's uh, It's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. All thanks right. for having me well, on, though, fellas. Yeah. yeah, thanks for coming, Paul. You got anything to plug or no? Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can. At Krangsdumbody. K-R-A-N-G-S-D-U-M-B-B-O-D-Y. Okay. Nice. Well, yeah. Or if you want to go back and listen to my old podcast that I used to have called Nostalgia Entertainment System, which is currently yeah. on hiatus. Listeners of the back. Rolling Stone studs should be familiar with that. Yeah. 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 So, and thanks to our listeners for, you know, keeping with us through the career, the life and career of Kurt Cobain. Yeah. And uh, thank you, uh, Pete. I'll see you on the other side of that shotgun blast. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> see you at the crossroads, PJ. <laughs> Found God. Yeah, yeah.
A Beach Boys Boys production.